Welcome back inside the secret Gibby headquarters for another edition of Gibby's Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach McGibbon. We are well into the playoffs. We just got through the wild card, super wild card weekend. We've got divisional round coming up. I'm feeling really good. I don't know if I could say the same for my uh, guest co-host this week. He, we found him. He is out from hiding. He know he's now able to show his face in public after what happened to his Indianapolis Colts this season. We've been able to Ugh. find him, and uh, he's willing to share Ugh. his thoughts. <laughs> and so, thanks for coming back on here, Matthew Reisler. I'm glad you're able to show your face in public again after what the Colts faced uh, this past season. I mean, look, I know I've been spoiled with between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, the short uh, stint of Andrew Luck. And now I have to deal with a few years of what you dealt with as a Cowboys fan, right? Uh, Try to put it right back on me. See, that's that's deflecting. That's <laughs> the, the deflected that I yeah. blocked that. Yeah. And um, the Kebby Matumbo wait, wagging my finger. Oh, no, no, no. Right back at you. <laughs> that's right. Enjoy. Yeah. And I and I had Dikembe Matumbo right back because. Uh, uh -oh. Look at how the Cowboys are doing right now, my friend, and look at how the Colts are doing. I tried to get you when uh, when uh, there was the biggest comeback in NFL history and uh, a, a multitude of other Jeff Saturday specials in the last uh, yeah. in the second half of the week. But uh, I, I quote unquote forgot to open my discord when that <laughs> happened and quote and quote unquote didn't see sex messages. <laughs> allegedly I, no i mean hey stick with the gimmick you you were you were in hiding you were you were trying to not show your face after what happened with the colts stick yeah, with I the gimmick pal i went to parts unknown that's right exactly yeah, parts unknown but we were able to get you out you you made the call to your fellow warriors like ultimate warrior did in parts unknown and here yes. you are and uh you you're feeling a lot better i i would think i would hope uh, to come on yeah. the show and, and talk about some NFL and you don't have to worry. I don't have to, you know, grill you about how could Jeff Saturday let the biggest comeback in NFL history happen? How could they lose to this team? How could they lose to that team? But at least you were able to beat the Raiders. So, hey, you know what? At least you have that going for you. But uh, listen, buddy, you're talking <laughs> big game for a guy whose team may or may not be de destroyed this weekend. So, you know, settle, settle down there, cowboy. <laughs> Look, I, I don't have many moments like this. OK, I know I'm projecting. I know I'm I'm letting loose here, but I don't get many moments like this. And so I am taking full advantage of this opportunity while I have it, especially with what the abuse I've taken over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. Just straight up abuse, Mr. Reisler. Because here's the thing, as a Cowboys fan, you know I didn't. You grow deserve up... it. You de you deserve it. No, absolutely. Oh, not. sorry. Oh, so oh, sorry, sorry. You, that's not what you're going to say. No, that's bad. not what I was going to say at all. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that uh, I was not around on this planet when the Cowboys had those three Super Bowl wins. Not on this planet at all. You I weren't even a thought. I was not even a thought. I uh, the the OJ chase happened during that time when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls. I and so I all I've experienced has been divisional round knockouts. Okay, twice. That's all I've gotten. And and every other year it's usually underwhelming teams uh, hyping ourselves up to be this great team and then getting kicked out by the either the Giants or the Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers or the Green Bay Packers pick whatever NFC team that I hate and it's probably the correct choice and here we are in another situation is the divisional round we'll get to it in a moment but it's the divisional round it's the San Francisco 49ers it's redemption that's what I'm hoping for 
but you're probably right. Brock Purdy's probably going to throw like 400 yards or whatever. But hey, at least we could say we beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. I don't care if he's 45. I don't care that the offense was anemic around him, but we'll get to all that. I, I'm, I'm not I'm going to save the rant for later. But before we even talk about football, I was telling you this before we started recording. We're going off the run sheet here. We're, we're, we're ripping up the format. And, you can't uh, do that. Uh, you have to follow the format. This is my show. Of course I can rip the format. Uh, Did Goldberg follow the script? <laughs> no. He refused to follow the script. <laughs> I, uh, I've actually been re- recently listening to a TNA, uh, uh, what do you call it? A deep dive into Hogan coming back into TNA with uh, Bischoff. And Bischoff did something similar where uh, he was like, where's the where's the run sheet? And ripped the run sheet live on TV. But uh, in classic TNA fashion, that was the actual run sheet. And so uh, they had to like uh, scramble a little bit to figure out what was going on in the show to kind of catch themselves up. Um, on the Don't many rip up the actual there. run sheet. Yes. Don't rip up the actual one. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. If you're going to rip up a run sheet, at least, at least the copy of it, you know what I mean? Instead of the actual one. Um, but uh, the reason why we're going to rip up the run sheet is because I saw this news coming out of Ottawa yesterday that tore my heart and it's something it's oh. it's it's an institution in ottawa oh. and, and it has to be discussed we have to put it on air here and this is we have a lot of ottawa listeners to this show so i feel like it's okay i can bring this up but even then it's it is very much an institution in ottawa 99 rito the rito street mcdonald's is permanently closing in april oh the goat the goat one of the goat McDonald's in Ottawa. The, the Tom Brady of McDonald's. That's right. Are we talking t- uh, 2007 per- perfect season Tom Brady or 45-year-old Tom Brady with the 8-9 Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We're talking about recent divorcee Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, his, life is in, his life is in shambles. He kisses his son on the lips and <laughs> can't win playoff games. Yeah. We're talking about that Tom Brady. That's right. And, that, and we're talking about the Rito Street McDonald's. I was so heartbroken. When I saw that news yesterday, I uh, I don't know about you, uh, Riser, but I definitely have some stories about that uh, Rito Street McDonald's having worked only a few blocks away from that location and seeing some stuff happening. And guess what? Getting to work at four in the morning across from the Rito Street McDonald's. But uh, an institution in Ottawa permanently yeah. closing, my friend. I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I'm working in Muskoka now and I love it here, but it's been four years since I last worked in Ottawa and there are still shirts of mine that have that Rito Street McDonald's stench on them. <laughs> can't yes. get that stench out. Oh. It's like when you get, it's, it's you know, there's things on, on your shirts that you just can't get out, the, like wine stain on a white shirt. <laughs> if you get, end up getting gasoline or like diesel fuel dumped on sh- your shirt, you can never get that smell out. You can also never get the smell out of the Rito Street McDonald's. Yeah. It is on there forever. There's a certain je ne sais quoi when it comes to the stench <laughs> at that Rito Street McDonald's. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> and you can take that however you want, but it, it, it is certainly recognizable. How about that? Uh, when you walk into that Rito Street McDonald's, it's uh, it feels like a, it smells like, I should say, a combination of like all the worst smells you could think of kind of rolled into one. And yeah. uh, there's certainly been a lot of uh, activity there uh, over that over the last uh, decades now that Rito Street McDonald's and it's also the source of a viral video 
uh some may remember <laughs> a couple of years ago with uh yeah. i believe the video is called ufc ottawa or something like that and yeah. uh it's uh it's that famous video of a fight breaking out because of course it's the Rito street mcdonald's a fight breaks out there like every two days there and i think i'm being generous when i say that um and uh of course the guy walking in and what does he walk in with well of course some raccoons i mean who wouldn't bring raccoons to your local mcdonald's establishment yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know many raccoons that love McDonald's. They love Big Macs. They love the fries. That's right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Who doesn't love McDonald's fries? Oh, I mean, it's the place to be. Uh, it's, it's what I said yesterday on my social media uh, platforms. I said the place to be the place to be at at 4 a.m. It was uh, the Rito Street McDonald's because uh, I, uh, I will say as somebody that had to work the mornings across from that location, I have witnessed an arrest go down there. That was fun. Guy didn't want to get out of his uh, desk. So he was pinned on the top of the table. I remember that. Um, I've seen uh, I've seen at least one fight. Um, I haven't seen some of the more graphic stuff that some others have said, like, you know, people openly pooping on the floor or uh or or you know other lewd activities going on uh around that location but uh, i don't know if you have any fond memories or 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 uh any recollections of your time going through the 99 rito street mcdonald's i mostly used it to cut through to get to the rito center yes. the other side of the rito center i never spent much time in it because i i am a smart man <laughs> yeah and, and and i value many things in life and not smelling badly is one of them <laughs> you you actually have pride for yourself and i really do appreciate yes, that's that. correct yeah it's uh i i will say i did not have a lot of pride mainly because when you when it's the only thing open at 4 a.m and you're too tired to uh try and cook something up at 3 a.m when you're waking up mcdonald's seems like the very uh luxurious option at that time but uh gourmet food it's a it's a regular baton rouge that's right uh you get a, you get a certain a, a whole selection of different items uh to eat there uh i uh but i was i was usually going there just to kind of get my sausage mcmuffin and then i'm out of there i'm not to, i'm not staying that much longer and uh yeah at the 99 rito street mcdonald's what a legacy it leaves behind this wasn't uh, the McDonald's, but Rideau Street in general has always been a little rougher part of uh, the city of Ottawa. But uh, I remember I was going to take the bus down uh, to see a comedy show with a couple of friends. And uh, I was in the Tim Hortons Rideau Street. Uh, the Rideau Street Tim Hortons, I should say. and uh, Which is also not great. But uh, McDonald's just has the more, like, it, it's the more notorious one, obviously, for many reasons. But, I mean, uh, let's be honest. No self-respecting Canadian would take a dump on the floor in a Tim Hortons. That's Come right. on now. Exactly. Timmy, that, Timmy's, Timmy, Timmy's is a sacred cathedral that does not deserve to be desecrated. Yes, that's right. It's a recognized religion here in Canada. And Come on. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But I was, I was in line at the uh, Tim Hortons. This wasn't like in the middle of the night or anything like that. This was like, I think I want to say six o'clock or whatever. And I, I'm standing in line and really I'm just there so I can just get some change for the bus. And, uh, lo and behold, I'm looking outside at the front of the Tim Hortons and, uh, two groups of people converging together, yelling at each other. I want to say there was about 20, 25 people and they were just slowly converging on each other. One group was a bunch of females. The other group was a bunch of males and, uh, the females, man, they could throw, they could throw down. It was, uh, 
it was it was something it it escalated they were throwing bombs on them and uh i will never forget you know there's a little uh what do you call it uh you could like sit and look outside the window you have a little table or whatever uh looking outside the window um there some one of the people this fight's breaking down it's like multiple people in this fight one person from the group goes into the Tim Hortons, grabs a water bottle that's inside that Tim Hortons, goes back outside, uncorks the water bottle and just chucks it into the crowd to try and hit somebody with it. It's like, hey, try to find any weapon you can. I guess a plastic water bottle will do. But uh, spring weapons match. Yeah, classic exactly. ECW. That's right. Right. Right in the heart of, uh, of Rito Street. Uh, a Rito street fight, if you will. <laughs> but uh, uh, I will never forget that. And the people rolling across the window as this fight was breaking down. And all of us in this line, nobody's saying anything. We're just looking at this fight going down, right? That's just Rito street. What are you going to do? It was another day on Rito. And so uh, RIP, uh, rest in piss, uh, the 99 Rito street McDonald's. Literally, it will probably rest in piss. Um, F in chat and by and the F stands for feces. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I just wanted to get that out there. I wanted to send my uh, express my heartfelt condolences for the 99 Rideau Street McDonald's. A lot of yeah, stories. McDonald- McDonald's is in the mud. What, what are they ever going to do? <laughs> exactly. They're never going to recover from this. Um, the downfall of McDicks. That's right. All right. Uh, now, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I wanted to get my uh, McDonald's. Uh, eulogy out of the way the 99 Rito street eulogy out of the way let's talk some football here my friend uh i know your colts are not in it but uh i'm sure you've been uh, keeping an eye on the playoffs and seeing how uh things are going down and what's going on in the off season so we'll start uh with uh, an update on the recent hirings and uh, firings going around uh, in the nfl and uh, we'll give the latest on uh, sean payton watch what is he going to do uh for the upcoming season um, but first, we'll start with the latest hirings. Uh, so since last week, uh, a couple of teams have got their general manager, so that will help them with their search for a head coach. We'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. Monty Austinfort will be the general manager for the Arizona Cardinals. He spent the last three seasons as the Titans director of player personnel, and he was hired back on January 16th. Obviously, the Cardinals, uh, it's a little bit rough for them. No Cliff Kingsbury letting him go. Steve Kime, the previous general manager, uh, health reasons for health reasons he's out um i think he would have been gone either way if he if he didn't wasn't experiencing health reasons but uh the arizona cardinals where do you think they kind of stand now like where do you think they should go should be a a big rebuild here or uh where where do you kind of stand with the cardinals just kind of looking from afar well, it's tough, right? You mentioned the, the the big thing. They don't have a head coach right now. They got to find a nice head coach. And uh, as we'll get to, there are a lot of, of them available. But, uh, you know, there's also a lot of teams that need a head coach. One thing, though, I think that Austin Ford has on his side is that he has Kyler Murray, right? That's yeah. a pretty attractive piece for any any coach to come in and already have a star. Maybe some would even say a franchise quarterback. So that is a, a big benefit to him. Still, though, you, you know, he I, I think he mentioned that he wanted to. He hadn't got a chance to talk to him yet Did Austin Ford. So. Hopefully that call goes well, because wouldn't that be a disaster if the first call of the GM and ends and they hate each other? And well, you know, there you go. That's a, a terrible start. Yeah. And I think I saw, too, Cardinals have something like 
30, 30 or so pending free agents. Yes. That's a lot to that's a lot to deal with. On top of having to now, he has plenty of time. He's here well before the draft, so now you have to prepare for that. Gonna have a, a high pick there, so that's that's a lot of work for a guy to come in and say, okay, step into and deal with right off the bat. Yeah, that's going to be a lengthy look at that Microsoft Excel spreadsheet and uh, looking at all the players with uh, pending contracts coming up. Um, and there's also been talk. We, we saw a report as well of uh, DeAndre Hopkins maybe on the move again outside of uh, Arizona. I don't know if that's uh, the right move for Arizona at this point. You want to still give a receiving option for uh, Kyler Murray. And I don't know if Hollywood Brown could be the, the wide receiver one for that squad that could that could slot in there. Um, but I, certainly it, it seems like if they are kind of teasing DeAndre Hopkins, at least trying to test the market with him, you would have to expect he would garner a lot of uh, whether it be draft picks. And if, if they are trying to get a whole bunch of picks, I would I would imagine they're going to try and rebuild a little bit and try to get themselves going, because we have seen in the NFL, you can it does. It's not necessarily a five year plan to rebuild. In some cases, some sometimes it's it's uh, it can take within two years if you're a really well run franchise in terms of rebuilding. So something to kind of keep an eye on there in Arizona. Yeah, it certainly will be interesting because you you know it's not often where you see teams go into a rebuilding mode, whether it's short or long term. When you have a quarterback that's in his very early twenties, or I think Carly Murray's twenty five yep. still, early twenties, you know, just going into the prime of his career. It's not often that you see teams with a star quarterback like that going into a rebuild so you would hope and i would imagine that the plan is if they are trading do end up trading hopkins they will get a boatload of draft picks or at least a few good receivers or players that could take a year or two to develop and in a year or two they will become very good players because i i would imagine you don't want to waste too many years of kyler murray's career the way he plays because you don't know how how long he will be at a peak level that he is currently we're already seeing him deal with some injuries right so yeah. you you don't really want to play around with a quarterback that, that 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 likes to play the way murray does yeah totally and also coming off an a acl injury for next year uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on there as well now yeah. let's go to your division we're going to talk about the tennessee titans here for a moment we're going to talk about uh, rand carthen being named the general manager for the titans they finalized the hire former 49ers director of player personnel and uh that hiring happened back on january 17th uh how do you sort of analyze you you know the division a little bit better when it comes to uh the afc south or sorry not the afc south the uh afc west isn't it uh no, no, you were, you were, you were oh, right. Very, south. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah North, that's south, south, east, and west. It's the same division, but uh, it's all—it's just one big division. That's right. One it's, big mess. They're all in the AFC. I know that, but uh, yes. Yeah, so in terms of the Titans, uh, where they kind of stand in the AFC South, uh, how do you kind of view that squad? They, it, you know, at the start of the year, a lot of people kind of pegged them, including myself. I will say, pegged them as the as the top team in the division. Um, they have that long losing streak, get themselves out of playoff contention. Uh, where do you think the Titans kind of stand now as a division rival kind of looking, looking ahead? Well, they're one of many teams that need a quarterback. I can't imagine they will be bringing back Tannehill. And if you wanted a quarterback and you wanted a guy that had relationships with quarterbacks, well, you picked a good guy, taking the guy that used to work for the 49ers who now have three people, three quarterbacks that I would say are 
worthy of being starters in Garoppolo, uh, Purdy, and Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I don't know if you saw this, Zach, but the, just a few hours, or might have been the, the day uh, not too long after, we got hired. Uh, uh, he tweeted, fingers crossed emoji. Mm. So... Obviously, we don't know what kind of relationship uh, Carthen had with Trey Lance with the 49ers, but judging from the fact that he tweeted that, one could deduce that they likely had a pretty good relationship. So if you are looking for someone to bring someone in that can bring with him a good quarterback or find a good quarterback, well, might might have found your guy. I mean, Trey Lance still hasn't really proved himself to be a good quarterback, but he had the talent to be a top pick. So there has to be something there that can be worked on. And maybe if he's in a difference, maybe he needs a change of scenery. Sometimes we see that, especially of quarterbacks, you take them out of one team out of one system, plop them on another team with a new system, and they are able to succeed. Geno Smith being a great recent example. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is the same kind of situation. Now, of course, we don't know what the situation with the 49ers quarterbacks will be yet, but it is fair. It is. They do have three. They can't keep all three. One of them or multiple have to go. So you know, I think the Titans have positioned themselves to be in a good spot to pick one of them up. And it looks like they're, they probably already know which one they would prefer. I think that's fair. And that's interesting too, because obviously they, they drafted Malik Willis last season and we've seen how he's played so far in the times that he's had to fill in for Tannehill still very raw prospect and so if you believe in the development of Malik Willis I think he's a guy you want to kind of develop a little bit further and so if you kind of get somebody that's a little bit more solid you mentioned Trey Lance I could also see just you want to talk about at least stability wise like he's not going to light up the world or anything like that but Jimmy G could be an easy fit for for Tennessee as well if you were looking for some somebody short term to kind of carry you through and uh, I think Jimmy G could be could be something. Um, I think he's a, has the slightly better edge than than Tannehill, not by much, but but certainly a, a bit of an edge. Um, and I and again, seeing how Willis has played this this past season, it's pretty clear to me he's not ready to be a starter yet. Um, far from it, if anything, to be honest. Um, what when you when maybe, the, go ahead. maybe the Titans can just uh, ruin my day and sign Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> just ruin my life and just say, you know what? Screw you, Colts fans. We're gonna sign Tom Brady and just ruin everything for you. <laughs> I, I I I will I will ease those nerves and say I doubt that Tom Brady will go to Tennessee. I don't think that's highly great... highly doubt it. Highly, highly doubt highly it. But doubt wouldn't, it. wouldn't that wouldn't that just suck for me specifically? <laughs> yeah. It would suck for you. I would just get a big laugh out of it, but uh you know Of course. <laughs> Look, again, I, I know I'm I know I'm uh, project projecting here, but uh I uh look I've taken so much over the last couple of years. Let me have this one. Let me have this one. Oh, you have it. It's all yours. <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of looking at the Titans, and I think their window is starting to close a little bit. They've got a good coach in, in Mike Vrabel, but I think their window is starting to close a little bit here. Derrick Henry is only going to get older, and uh, the receiving options that they kind of went, went with the risk uh, to trade A.J. Brown and try and have him fill in with uh, Traylon Burks has not really worked out uh, well on their end. So uh, I think the window is starting to close on the Titans here. And so if they firmly believe that they are still a playoff team and they could still contend, I think they got to find one of those short-term solutions in uh, in a Jimmy G or, or whichever quarterback goes in. I could I could totally see Geno Smith coming in 
for a year or two in Tennessee as well. Um, but Wouldn't that uh, be something that would be very interesting. And uh, I, I, I've, I've also seen too, uh, uh Geno Smith going back to the jets. Cause obviously their quarterback situation is uh, a nightmare other than Mike he doesn't White. deserve, he doesn't deserve that. No, Gino, Gino escaped New York and you know, he, he doesn't need to go back, go somewhere else. Like G I know we'll get to it later on, but yeah. his rise was one of my favorite parts of the season. So yeah. he doesn't need to go back to New York, go somewhere else, That's anywhere right. else That's except right. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere else except Cleveland. Uh, Geno Smith, uh, home alone toed uh, his way out of New York. Um, but uh, <laughs> speaking of Cleveland, that's a great transition there, my friend. Uh, to talk, I try. To talk about uh, a defensive coordinator hire. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because the Browns defense was just straight up bad this past season. And I think it was one of the hindrances uh, in their contention in the AFC North. I know I got that division right. Um, but uh, Jim Schwartz has been uh, hired as defensive coordinator. You may remember him as the head coach of the Detroit Lions for a couple of years there. Um, he's been on the defensive side ever since then. He recently uh, went in a uh, uh, Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, he gets back in the defensive coordinator role uh, for the Browns. I think it's an upgrade for the Browns. And uh, there's certainly some things kind of going around. We've, we've heard about the Jadavian and Clowney stuff. I know he briefly apologize for some of his outbursts there, but uh, it's Cleveland. So you can never uh, take things for granted there. Um, but uh, Jim Schwartz being hired by the Browns, uh, just kind of looking at this Browns franchise. I, I think they address their biggest uh, weakness and that's, and that's the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, the, the defense was horrendous last year. What was it? They allowed what was it? 135 rushing yards a game. It was pretty like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Like if a running back for one game gets 135 yards, that's a great game. Like yes. awesome job. You did great. You did your job. The Browns allowed that every game. That's horrendous. <laughs> yes. uh, so, you know, I, I think with Jim Schwartz, he is a great defensive coach. He is a great defensive mind, I should say. So it is a, certainly an upgrade. You certainly can't do worse, I would hope. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a lot, a little, a few pieces on that defense that look okay. You, so it, it is an uphill battle, though. But I think you, you hired the right guy to fight that battle. Now you just need, uh, as you, all, almost every year, it's the same case of Cleveland. You get maybe one or two good pieces, whether it's a coach or a couple of good players or both. But then there are a hundred million other pieces that they have not filled into the puzzle and the season just falls apart. So one good piece is there. They need a few more. To, to complete that very big puzzle. Yes, absolutely. They've got one. They've got a piece in Miles Garrett there, obviously. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a little bit of uh, some patching up, some fixing up on that Brown side uh, to try and get things going because I think they're they're good on the offensive side of the ball, uh, depending on if Deshaun Watson gets back to his full level of play. Um, but obviously running back as well, Nick Chubb still, I still think has a couple of good years left in him and a good offensive line. Amari Cooper is the receiver there. I think they just, if they focus on that defense, I think they'll be all right and uh, be competitive in the AFC North. Uh, we'll yeah, talk. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
But I was just going to say, yeah, I agree with you on with the the, the, the Sean Watson point. I mean, unfor- he's an, uh, not a good person, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. <laughs> sadly, he is a good he is a good football player. So that gives him some forgiveness, I guess, for being a bad person. <laughs> yes. uh, if, In the eyes of can, the franchise, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. In the eyes of Cleveland, he is a great person, but in the eyes of everyone else, not so much. Yeah. Uh, if he can get by, if he can get his feet on the ground week one and play like the, the, the Sean Watson that we saw a few years ago in Houston before he went down with an injury when he was a very early season MVP candidate, mm-hmm. I think that Cle- Cleveland has a good shot. But uh, as, as I said, as it usually is of Cleveland, there are a lot of pieces that need to fall into place. Yeah. And he is one of them. And there are still many more to fall into place that need to fall into place. 100%. I will throw this out there and then we'll move on. Uh, Cleveland has their own Ben Roethlisberger on their hands. That's all I will say. Um, yep. Moving on, uh, we'll talk about some of the firings going on, but a lot of the firings that happened were with these playoff teams. So we're going to save some of those firings uh, for when we talk about the different games happening over the Super Wildcard weekend. But I do want to mention the latest on Sean Payton watch. Where is Sean Payton going to go? Uh, it, it, there's a lot of open head coaching, uh, positions. Hey, the Colts have an open head coaching uh, position. There is uh, Sean Payton getting interviewed for the Indianapolis Colts job there. Reisler. He has not been interviewed yet, but there are a few people that have been rumored that haven't been interviewed yet. Uh, John or uh, Jim Harbaugh is one of them. Ooh. Still waiting for him. Yeah. Michigan. He's, he's supposed to be leaving them, but we haven't heard anything from them. So yeah. we're still waiting on that. He's supposed to want to come to the Colts. That hasn't happened. So I think he's I think he's staying yeah. at Michigan. I think that's the uh, I did. Think, I did. I miss. Did I totally miss that? Maybe. I uh, I thought I read somewhere that he was staying at Michigan unless he's unless he said because I know he at least told the Broncos he wasn't going to take their head coaching job anyways. So. Uh, I think, I think he's, uh, I think he's back at Michigan. I know he was saying at least to reporters that, uh, he was as of this moment, he's staying, but I, I felt like I read somewhere that, uh, that he was staying, but, uh, well, I, I'm looking it up. I don't see any, anything saying that definitively from the source, gotcha. Jim Harbaugh saying that he wants to stay. So yeah, at this point, it looks like it's just a rumor and maybe it's just a, a situation where he wants to get he maybe he's seeing how much some other coaches might be making. And he's saying, well, wait a second, I should be making that much. So he's trying to kind of dangle the carrot in front of their face and pull it back a little bit then put it back in front of them and try to get himself some more cash. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I will say I, I have I'm just kind of searching up here. So at least so this is according to Broncos wire that I've seen this year. Broncos coach candidate Jim Harbaugh to remain at Michigan after he told Denver Broncos that he was going to stay. So I think interesting. So, uh, so unfortunately, uh, no Jim Harbaugh to the Colts for you, my friend. Uh, he would have been a good fit, honestly, the way his, uh, his, his offense runs. It's a very run heavy offense and Hey, they've got a pretty good running back at Jonathan Taylor there. But, uh, you know, again, as long as you don't run him into the ground, um, but uh, it looks, it looks it's like too bad. The, the reunion won't happen. The former QB will not come back to coach the Colts. That's right. Instead, he'll too just bad. be the former QB of Michigan. Once again, returning to uh, Michigan. Yeah. Um, but uh, getting back to Sean Payton, uh, the latest so far, he's completed interviews with the Broncos and Texans. And if he has not interviewed the Panthers already at this point, he's going to interview with them this week. Uh, and apparently he's seeking to be paid 20 to $25 million per season. And so that's a hefty price tag 
uh, for Sean Payton. And also the Saints, uh, who have the rights to Payton's contract, uh, are seeking a first-round pick for him as well. And the first thing that I thought of when I heard that Sean Payton was going to be looking for this sort of cash and uh, could potentially fit was the Denver Broncos in my mind. Uh, you know, new ownership wanting to spend to show that they are committed to the team and what better way to make a splash and try and fix uh, Russell Wilson than bringing in Sean Payton. But uh, your thoughts on the latest on uh, Sean Payton watch, where do you think he's going to go? And, and uh, you know, just different options for, for Sean Payton. I loved watching um, the, the pregame show on Fox. That's where Sean Payton's doing his analysis now, for now until he gets a coaching job. I loved it because at one point they just started grilling him. Strahan and everyone just started grilling him saying, Sean, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? That poor guy looks so uncomfortable. I felt so bad for I mean, I felt as bad as I could for a guy that's likely about to make 20 to 30 million dollars to to stand on the sideline and call plays but he looks looked so uncomfortable and it was just awful because they did it for they were going on for a couple minutes and he just said where are you going oh i hear you're talking to the broncos i hear you're talking to this team that team it was fun to watch though yes. but he was it was amusing to see how uncomfortable he got yeah just uh, getting a little bit more uncomfortable kind of tucking in like like a turtle a little bit just kind of turtling a little bit um, but, uh, yeah, Sean Payton watch still in full effect. Uh, I, I, I could totally see him going to the Broncos. I, I, I think, I, I think the Texans are not even like in contention. I, I just, uh, I just get a vibe that the Texans absolutely blew it. Uh, which, uh, you know, considering the Texans, uh, it's not that, uh, far fetched. But, I mean, if you're Sean Payton, then you're you're leaving a cushy job at Fox. You're sit where you get to sit in the studio and just talk football all day, no stress, no anxiety about having to prepare for anyone. And you are taking a coaching job again. I would imagine you want one where you can jump in immediately, and there is little work that needs to be done to build yourself into being a contender and i think as you said that's a it's a it's a good situation in in denver maybe maybe it's not immediately a playoff contender but you can only there are the pieces there that he needs just a few pieces more maybe more weapons on offense and he'd be okay but i think that would be i agree with you that's a good situation for him in denver to jump right into and leave that nicely uh, uh, air-conditioned studio <laughs> exactly um I, I know it's not brought up there as well, but could Arizona be, be in contention as well? Uh, I haven't seen anything about him uh, requesting or being requested for an interview with Arizona, but I think I think that's an under-the-radar pick. Um, you, we were talking about quarterback earlier with Kyler Murray. We'll see how he does coming off of an injury, but you've already got a quarterback there, and you kind of have a couple of pieces there. Not elite running backs, but some good running backs there. Um I think that could be a team that may be in contention if they if they wanted to, you know, throw their hat in the ring. I know I know yeah. it's, it's it seems unlikely at this point, but I don't think it's that far fetched. It would be interesting because the the similarities are there in terms of the quarterback, not the same injury, but right. you, you remember when Sean Payton took over in New Orleans, you have Drew Brees who was looked at by many as a broken quarterback because of the uh, I know it was an or it was an elbow injury that he had in San Diego. Yeah. I, I forget the exacts of it, but he he was looked at as a QB that you can't win with him. He's not durable enough mm -hmm. not the same situation with kyler but he is an it qb coming off a major injury 
So it would be interesting to see if Sean Payton would come in and you know have, make, work the same kind of magic there that he had with Drew Brees all those years ago. It would be a cool story for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins fans still pounding their fists on the desk. Oh, God. Signing Dante Culpepper over him. And look, at the time, like I, I bet you if, you, if we transported back to 2006 and they were talking about the Dolphins signing Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees, I'm sure like 80 to 90% of people there would say that was the right move. Because Culpepper it's the benefit of hindsight. It's yeah. the hi- benefit of hindsight, right? You just don't know. Again, if people looked at Drew Brees and thought, there's no way this guy comes back. He wasn't much in, in San Diego before the injury. Now he's got this major elbows, uh, major elbow injury. How the hell is he going to throw? No one knew. And all they saw in, in Dante Culpepper was a quarterback that played pretty damn well in Minnesota. No, no health issues, minor health issues. And I don't think they're, they were wrong to think that, but with the benefit of hindsight, yeah. of course, everyone's a winner. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you have Randy Moss on your team uh, to make you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah, but I I will say I think I think in the case of Culpepper, he just kind of regressed quickly, quicker than I think people expected him to. And, uh, you know, he like there are some times like you look at some old Dante Culpepper clips um, and just kind of see his throw, especially his arm, uh, just his, his arm strength. Like he, he had a he had a good arm. It was uh, just unfortunate how it just didn't come together in uh, Miami. But uh, as you mentioned, it's just kind of funny. The benefit of hindsight, uh, you know, I, I bet you at the time that people were like, oh, signing Culpepper was the right move. Um, now, lo and behold, Drew Brees is going to go in the Hall of Fame first ballot. And uh, Culpepper will be remembered as a very good quarterback, especially uh, at his peak with Minnesota and bringing some of those Minnesota teams to the playoffs. But uh Certainly uh, Culp- a, a miss. Culpepper, Culpepper will definitely go into the Madden NFL Hall of Fame. He oh, was one yeah. of the best quarterbacks to play with. I think it was Madden 02. Mm-hmm. Culpepper was, and well, I mean, Culpepper to Moss. Yeah. The combination was unstoppable, but Dante Culpepper in that game was unbefrickin' leaveable. So yeah. not NFL Hall of Fame, Madden Hall of Fame, which I think <laughs> is just as, just as prestigious. That's right. Maybe a Madden curse. Maybe that's where the Madden curse kind of comes in, though. You know what I mean? Maybe that's where the downfall sort of happened. With well, he was on the cover. He was on the cover of O2, wasn't he? I believe he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. He yeah. was the cover. So there you go. You're right. Yeah. yeah he's still, and he was still having some good years after that. And then, uh, obviously, just uh, quite a drop-off after that. But, uh, yeah, Dante Culpepper, what a... He was a good quarterback. I, I, I see. This is why I like bringing you on because I can, I can throw out a, a name from the early to mid two thousands. You'd be like, yeah, I remember Dante Culpepper, of course. And I can well, see that's that was the prime of me playing sports video games. So of here. course I knew all the best players. Right now I, now I, I, I can't. I can't afford to pay 80 bucks for a roster update every year because my, <laughs> yeah. my mom isn't buying it for me anymore. So I don't, I, I'm the, you know, I, I don't remember all the, every single player as well yeah. as I did when I was cheating to get all the best players on my team back in the day. That's right. When I played Madden 05 on the GameCube, I had, uh, cool. they had a uh, tie law and free agency. And I would oh, always gosh. sign free to sign Ty oh. on in, on the Cowboys and the defensive backs for the Cowboys were like, it was like Terrence Newman, Anthony Henry, uh, Aaron nice. Glenn, who's now the defensive coordinator for the lions. It was like, well, boom, boom, boom. And then here he's Ty law as well. Just an incredible defensive back, uh, force them there for the Cowboys. 
We'll get to this, of course, in the game recaps, but seeing Asante Samuel Jr. Yes. play so well gave me like PTSD from his dad beating the crap out of the Colts yep. every friggin' year in the playoffs and Ty Law yep. in the playoffs every year. I was like, oh, just a shiver <laughs> down my spine hearing the name Asante Samuel. Yeah. Ugh. It's it's uh we're at that point now where it's like Joe Horn's son JC Horn is playing for the Panthers and coming up in the draft uh, Joey Porter Jr is playing. So uh, Cooper Manning Cooper Manning, oh my god, that'll be something. Um are and or, sorry, Arch, 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 Arch Manning. Manning. Yes, that's Co- right. His, his his dad is Cooper. His sorry. dad is Cooper, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Arch yeah. Manning. Uh yeah, that's going to yes. be something to keep an eye on. 50-plus-year-old 50, 50 analyst, Cooper <laughs> Manning, is coming out of retirement to, to play in the NFL. That's right. Coming off the bench, he's ready to go. His arm is loose, and he's going to fire it downfield. Um, yes, Arch Manning, that's going to be interesting, especially the situation he's going to at uh, Texas with uh, Quinn Ewers as the starting quarterback there. But nonetheless, uh, oh, this is, again, this is why I love having you on. I, I, can, fun. I can say these names, and you understand what I'm saying. Um, I understand. You understand. Uh, let's go to the Super Wildcard Weekend Rundown. Do you like calling it Super Wildcard Weekend, or do you just prefer Wildcard Weekend or just the Wild Card? I know they've been trying to like gimmick up the the weekends a little bit in recent years. The NFL, because you know the NFL is king, so they always got to try and make a big event out of everything. Well, it's like the Universal Championship in yes. WWE. It's just silly, and it's all the same thing. Just, you know, it's just a gimmick, right? It's just to make it sound like it's a bigger deal than what it is. And you have the extra playoff team now. So they're trying to make it sound like it's super cool. It's just wild card weekend. (laughs) It's wild. It's it's wild card weekend. It's it's kind of like the but but think of it this way. It's the upgrade from the Nintendo Entertainment System to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Think of it like that. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I try to think of a good video game and football related pun, but I've got nothing. Ah, oh, man. I, I try to let I try to set you up for another one and let me down. At least I could get at least I could get my uh, Mad No 5 takes off. But uh, yeah, I, I went my my joke went wide left, much like Brett. Ma- Brett oh, Maher. I apologize. On. We're going to save that. For, <laughs> we're, I'm definitely going to talk about that. Uh, I got a lot to say about that, but uh I, you know what? I have been kind of ribbing you for the entirety of the episode. I did deserve that, but uh, still uncalled yep. for. Um, yeah. Nonetheless, uh, let's talk about the 49ers and the Seahawks. Let's just kind of get the weakest game of the weekend out of the way, which was the game that started the whole super wildcard weekend. 49ers, it seemed close at half, and then uh, the 49ers just absolutely uh, continue their winning ways into the second half. Brock Purdy, uh, he had a big game, rookie. Mr. Irrelevant, throwing for 332 passing yards and three touchdowns. i just like to remind everybody he was the last pick in this past year's draft, um, yeah. <laughs> which is, just blows my mind. I don't know if it's yeah. him or if it's the system that Shanahan has, probably a little bit of both, but uh, he's certainly like taking the opportunities that he's had uh, and, and running with it. Sure, he may have one of the best tight ends in the league and maybe one of the best wide receivers in the league and one of the best... Uh, running backs to the league and Christian McCaffrey and maybe the best left tackle in the league. But Hey, Brock Purdy is able to make the most of it. So who am I to judge? Um, meanwhile, on the Seattle sides, Hey, it, everything was gravy for Seattle this year, man. Everybody did. They didn't, it was not expected for Seattle to even make the playoffs. So the fact that no. they were able to make it this far, I think uh, was just gravy for the Seahawks at this point, proving a lot of people wrong. Uh, let's just talk about the Seahawks first. Uh, let's talk about Geno Smith. 
uh, a little bit. Uh, not one of his better games. It seemed like he was starting to dip a little bit in the second half of the season. And it kind of continued into the playoff game here. Again, the Niners able to really lay it on the second half. Um, where do you think, uh, where, where do you think, uh, the Seahawks go with Gino? Do you think they should look to bring him back? Or do you think, uh, with a, a look at the quarterback pool this year in the draft, do you think maybe they try and go young again and, and try and find a little bit better than Gino? And certainly Gino Smith is, is certainly an inspiring story, able to come off the bench and have a pro bowl season, whatever the pro bowl means this year, but uh, nonetheless, still an all-star. Um, where do you, where do you, we kind of look at Gino at this point? It's interesting, right? Because as he said, they no one thought that they'd make the playoffs. They thought that this is them getting some stuff for Russell Wilson and Wilson would be in the Broncos would be in the Super Bowl and Seahawks would be fighting for the first overall pick. And meanwhile, it was the complete opposite. Yeah. If it's me, I think you, I think you, you give Gino the benefit of the doubt and you say, I think that this was a good season from a good quarterback and you, I mean, I use the word roll the term, roll the dice, but I don't think that's the right term, but I'll use it anyway. And you recite him. I think that's your starting quarterback. I think that's your guy because you know, this is not the year where you want to say there are a lot of good free agent quarterbacks, but there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback as well. And this is definitely not the year for you to gamble on a quarterback in the draft because there aren't any. And again, there are a lot of teams going for the two quarterbacks that are potentially going to be going in the top five, top 10 first round. So this is not the year to really be saying, well, you know, let's try to get a new starter. I don't think I think you have your guy in Geno. You give him an, uh, another year, see where you are next year or you sign him long term and say, this is our guy. I don't think that's I think you. If it's me, I think you sign them short term and see where you you land in the next couple of years. But I, I think with Gino, you have something good. I think you stick with them. Yeah, I, it's I, I kind of look at a situation with Gino where maybe they try and sign him to a, a contract similar to how they signed Taylor uh, to the Washington Commanders, how they signed Taylor Heineke to their deal, where it was like a, a much earned uh, bigger money deal, but it wasn't like the seven year $150 million deal or anything like that. Um, they gave him a two year. Uh, I think it was a two year, $20 million deal. He got paid $10 million a season uh, for, for his part uh, for the commanders. That's where I kind of see Gino, at least for maybe like a one or two year deal. You pay him a little bit more than what you were paying him beforehand. And uh, he's clearly got some rhythm with this uh, offense and they've got a really fun young running back and Kenneth Walker. Uh, that's a guy that will be in contention for offensive rookie of the year as well at the end of the season. And you still have a, uh, at least one, I would say two with uh, wide receivers with obviously DK Metcalf in there and Tyler Lockett could still make some plays at, at this stage of his career. So they've got something there. And I think if you just kind of build on that offensive line and defense continues to get better, the Seattle, they, they could make another, they could make a little bit more noise. And if Gino was able to continue his play, uh, that could be somebody uh, to kind of keep an eye on. But uh, Hey, I think if you're a Seahawks fan, you're, you're very happy with how the season's going after all you've heard and uh, from, you know, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. They'll probably be in contention for a top five pick. Well, they, they are in contention for a top five pick, but not because of uh, their pick. It's because of the Broncos pick. Uh, being involved there, but uh, I, I'd have to say, if you're a Seahawks fan, you're pretty happy with how this season turned out. Yeah, I mean, look at you got a, you have a, a guy that could be your quarterback for the next couple of years in Geno Smith, and as you said, you have that top pick. That I mean, 
really it's just gravy it's a cherry on top of the cake it's uh, you you can trade it and you're in no better shape than you would have been with you're no worse shape because it wasn't your pick to begin with or you keep it and you're a team that made the playoffs and it is in good shape and now has a pretty good prospect to build on and fit into that team so if you're the Seah- if a Seahawk fan you went from being pretty in a down in the dumps this time last year or around this time last year to being in a, I would say in a pretty good mood. You have to think. Totally. Totally. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the 49ers uh, going into the playoff preview and, and a lot with the winning teams. We'll kind of talk about them a little bit more in the playoff preview, but just kind of looking kind of tying the, the Seahawks segment into a bow here. Yeah. I just, I agree with you. It's uh it's, it's uh, a good season and uh, I'm interested to see how they draft because they've, again, they've got a high draft pick and I doubt they're going to go uh, with a, uh, a QB or anything like that uh, either. Uh, there's some really good defensive prospects uh, out there. Um, there's a defensive tackle from Georgia that I think could be a real good fit if he's able to fall to where the Seahawks land in the draft. Um, so that's just kind of something to kind of keep an eye on there. And let's go to the uh, other game on Saturday. Uh, it was 27 nothing for the Chargers, uh, ending the uh, at the end of the first half. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was not looking good. Not a great showing for him in the first half, but uh, then the meme of they had us in the first half, not going to lie, came to life because the Jaguars were able to pull off an improbable comeback victory. Uh, the third biggest comeback in playoff history with the Jaguars able to win 31 to 30. And uh, this loss was so bad that the Chargers, ha- the Chargers had to fire offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi and quarterback coach Shane day uh, at the end of it all. And I think uh, in some people's mind, I think uh, Brandon Staley should be another coach uh, that should uh, get their uh, pink slip and be walking out the door. Yeah, I think so too. I don't, I don't, I don't think there are many that disagree with you. Uh, yeah, that was a, a rough game. I think Kyle Van Noy, one of the linebackers, on the Chargers, straight up just said they choked. Yep. Like I don't know, I don't know how you you, you put that any other way than they choked. Like you, when you're, you, if you if you're up fourteen nothing and you lose, well, you know the other team played better. Eh, that wasn't a fourteen nothing game. You just yep. <laughs> like that. That's you. You lose that game. That's rough. It's it was and at the end of the game, Joey Bosa seeing him just melt down and really, I think it's fair to say he gave the Jaguars an opportunity to win on that last drive when they mm-hmm. kicked the winning field goal. Cause if he didn't act like a fool, they, what, what, he wouldn't have gotten that penalty. So uh, Joey Bosa certainly didn't help the situation. And then seeing uh, his coach, such a, such a lovely man, uh, Joey Bosa tossed his helmet. He, his coach wouldn't have picked it up for him. How nice <laughs> of him to do that. Really, really, really teaching your, your players a lesson to, to not act a fool. Cause if you do, uh, he will pick it, pick, pick up after you. It's That's just right. so nice. That's right. Teach, really, really, really teaching him a, a lesson there. That's Good right. job. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and he respected him so much that he threw his helmet down on the ground one more time once he got the yeah. helmet uh, passed over to yeah. him. Um, a, real, a, real, a real player's coach. Yeah, 100% here. Uh, yeah, the Chargers chargered. Uh, this is just a classic case of the... the I was going to call them San Diego again. The Los Angeles Chargers uh, continuing their choking ways. And, you know, I there, uh, there are times on this show where I where I openly question my Dallas Cowboys fandom, but then I see losses like this with the Chargers, then I realize, oh, it could be worse. It could be much worse, because at least with uh, some seasons with the Cowboys, you knew they were not that great. But with the Chargers, they always bring you a whole bunch of hope, and they always tease you with the talent, and they always tease you with the coaching, 
They always tease you every year. It feels like they tease you with all this talent that they have and they just never able to put it together. And they either just inevitably crumble or choke or just don't even get out of the gates, um, which is really disappointing because I think they've got a real talented quarterback in Justin Herbert, really talented quarterback. And they've got weapons on that offensive side of the ball. Mike Williams, who they played, of course, playing their starters in the final week in a game that didn't mean anything for the Chargers uh, ranking wise or playoff wise or anything. And lo and behold, you play your starter and Mike Williams gets hurt, and so they lose a receiving option there. But hey, you still got Keenan Allen, you still got Austin Eckler, um, and you still got some some good guy uh, players on the defensive side as well. And man, the Chargers just continue to charge her. And it was to me what was very evident for me was just how out coached they were, especially in the second yeah. half. Doug Peterson just yeah. took Brandon Staley to task, and I think Staley. I've been a guy that I think. I think I jumped on the, hey, maybe Staley's not a great coach bandwagon sooner than than some, uh, but I think more people are starting to recognize it now. I, th- I think people are starting to see through, because at first, he was kind of a guy, especially within the analytics community, and I've got nothing against analytics. I, I, I'm pro-analytics, but they're, I'm pro-analytics to a fault. There were just times with Staley where it was just ridiculous analytical calls that he would make, and just uh, just made no sense. And in this yeah. case now, this is just another scenario of, of you know, not being able to control the game, just some weird play calls as well. And on the opposite end, you got Doug Peterson. I still, that play call uh, to, to run the ball to uh, to ETN uh, on the outside. On fourth and one. On fourth and one is still just an incredible play call. And that's what you're getting with Doug Peterson. And having seen that with him being the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm happy to see that kind of carry over to the Jaguars. And I know we don't usually talk about this on the podcast, but how bad were Al Michaels and Tony Dungy? Oh God, they on were the horrible. call. And, and and man, like it was so frustrating to me because as a Colts fan, I know Tony Dungy better than anyone. He was the coach of the team, my team, and in, in their best years. And I thought this is going to be great, Tony Dungy. Every time I hear him speak, he is so eloquent. He is so well thought out. He is so intelligent in how he speaks. He's calm. And I thought this is this this will be great. It'll, this will be great to have in the booth for a football game. Holy crap, was that ever boring? Oh. And Al My- and Al Michaels, like, he 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 will go down whenever he decides to retire. He'll go down. Da- he will go down as one of the greatest football play-by-play men ever. Mm-hmm. This was horrible by him. Yeah, like you you're calling one of the best playoff comebacks ever. And you're calling it like it's a, a week five game <laughs> between Cleveland and, and, you know, Jackson, some shitty team. Like, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I just I, I didn't, couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah, it was just it was brutal. <laughs> it was like you, you, you I think you're giving it too much credit with a week five game. It's not like they were calling golf. Like it was yeah, really? just it was just like to me, the, the, the cherry on top of the of the crappy Sunday was uh, the. When when that game winning kick, and immediately Michael's like, "But a flag is down. A flag is down." Yeah, I was like, "No, Man. like wait and like, uh. like I was like, Al, you know this. Like, come on, it's like." It's certainly not going to go into the uh, highlight reel of great uh, Al Michaels calls. And there's a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. Al Michaels is one of my favorite commentators of all time. But this was certainly yeah. not one of uh, those games that uh, that uh, will be uh, a good reflection of his career. It will not be on his high, highlight reel when he is inducted into Canton. No, absolutely not. This will not This will not be there. No, absolutely not. I was very disappointed with that. And uh, 
I uh, it, it was one of those deals where it's like, man, I wish they kind of put Collingsworth with Michaels. I know Collingsworth is uh, he's he's hit he's a hit for some people, he's a miss for others. But I guarantee you that Collinsworth would have gotten a lot more out of Al Michaels if he was in the booth than uh, Tony Dungy. It was yeah. Uh, I mean, you, something. you you and I both know we've both done commentary. It's it's very much a chemistry game, right? You, yep. you you when you work with someone you know and you like, and it's it makes it a lot easier. You flow, you make jokes, mm-hmm. you make references. When you're with someone new, it's a bit difficult. And when and when you work with someone new for the first time in the playoffs on TV and national TV in front of millions, that's not a lot of that's not easy, even for the best. Yeah, a lot of eyeballs there uh, that were watching that one, especially in the second half. But uh, yeah, it was quite disappointing uh, that that game call from Michaels and Dungy really disappointing. Um it's it was just not great, but what was great was the was the Jaguars comeback. I'm enjoying this Jaguars run. Uh, have they been the, look like the best team? Absolutely not, but I think uh, they've got some good coaching there, and I am enjoying the ascent of Trevor Lawrence and and seeing him kind of get back into the form we were starting to see with him at Clemson, and uh, he's got some good receiving options there and. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of break down the Jaguars a little bit more uh, in their game against the Chiefs upcoming. But uh, I think there's some exciting stuff with the Jaguars here, no matter what happens against the Chiefs. But uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, we'll move on to Sunday and we'll talk about the Bills and the Dolphins. And this was uh, this was a game that was, I think, much closer than what people were expecting. I think a lot of people were expecting a Bills blowout with uh, everything going on with DeMar Hamlin and uh, obviously them being at home. And the Dolphins running on their third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson. It seemed like everything uh, was kind of in play for the Bills to dominate. And the Bills didn't dominate. They did win, but they certainly didn't dominate. Uh, they looked a little off. The Dolphins did bring into the Buffalo Bills. Um, but speaking of off, uh, we got to talk about the play calling for the Dolphins and uh, oh my God. the 40-yard play <laughs> clock. Uh, tell Good me what's Lord. going on here. Is, uh, I guess that we can, we can kill two birds with one stone with this. Uh, I'm sure you saw the video of Mike McDaniel uh, holding something up to his mouth just as the camera was was being cut. Can't, let's let's settle this once and for all. Did Mike McDaniel vape during the game? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I think he might forget vaping. He might have just taken a puff. <laughs> might have had a joint in his hand. Like the, the way the way the play con was going, and I think that's a good excuse. <laughs> like, yes. Good Lord. Was that ever rough? But I don't know. Like, I, I need to, I think we need to see more evidence here. Like, is there proof of Mike McDaniel being much of a vapor here? Or is this That's something he's picked as, as he picked it up as he's preparing for the playoffs and he, he needs to relieve some stress? Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm you know, you and I both work in news. We don't just go off of rumor here. We have no. to fact check these things. We have to call our sources. That's right. We have to get collaborating evidence. That's we right. can't just say we can't just go go off of rumor of course but uh but yeah he totally vaped yeah i was just gonna say he totally <laughs> vaped, didn't he? he totally did so um 100 <laughs> yeah 100 absolutely just ripped one on the sideline and uh and uh i would explain the play calling but uh yeah it was uh like you know what you mentioned we're news people how about we break it down or do we want to just stick with the he totally vaped rumor okay vape. Rumor. he did gotcha. all right yeah Reckless uh, speculation. I like it. 
Um, yeah, forget it. Yeah, forget let's it. do it. Um, but uh, yeah, the play clock, uh, it seemed like they were having some communication issues. Coach was calling uh, a play thinking it was first down, ended up being fourth down and short. So they had to readjust the play call <laughs> and oh, just so much going on. And when you've got a third string quarterback back there as well, that's also going to affect him. Just not a great set of circumstances for everyone involved, especially in a key moment in the game. Uh, just, uh, and, and I'm a big McDaniel guy. I thought the stuff that he was kind of implemented in Miami, getting the best out of Tua and utilizing his two weapons in Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill and alternating between running backs. I think the offensive side was really something that was uh, exciting and, uh, and, and whatever, but, uh, uh, just the play calling for this for this guy and Skylar Thompson just really didn't hold up for him and, and kind of leads me to the next point. I, I didn't think Thompson was great, but I don't think he deserved a lot of, uh, most of the blame either. I thought there were some drop balls during that game as well. I could think of two off the top of my head from Waddle where I'm like, man, you got to help him. You know, you got to help him <laughs> out there. He's throwing these passes and it's and it's just not hitting the 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 the, the targets and and, and again, the play calls were just uh, really off, especially for somebody that I think that uh, we look at and Mike McDaniel under the Kyle Shanahan tree, somebody we kind of associate with uh, good offenses, not really getting it done there. Yeah, there's there's no way that you can put this blame on the shoulders of Skylar Thompson. If you if you are, that's just unfair, yeah. right? Like you, you're a third string quarterback. You didn't expect to play in this game. You expect it to be in your sweats with a headset on, potentially calling some of the plays or at least giving your opinions on some of the plays being called. I think considering the circumstances, he played about as well as he could have. Right. Like, I think he played OK. But that's about as well as you can expect a third string quarterback to play in a playoff game against a Super Bowl favorite in the Buffalo Bills. As for the Bills, and we'll expand on this, of course, when we talk about the games coming up. This is this is not the game you you would have expected from them in, in any sense. It's just in, in, in no way were they working on all cylinders. Josh Allen had a, a surprisingly poor game. Like you, you, if you just look at the stat line, you'd say he played okay, right? You know, 352, 300, 300 plus yards, three touchdowns, two picks, but three touchdowns, that's pretty good. He, he ran for a couple big gains, but a surprisingly, shockingly bad game from him. I don't think when you go up against the Bengals this week, you can, if he puts out a game like this, it's not going to be as easy. I don't think I think he got lucky when you put up a game again like this against the Dolphins. He got a little lucky because any other team and I don't think it would have ended up uh, as uh, positively for for the Bills as it did. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was definitely an odd performance for Josh Allen and uh, nearly starting to fight as well during that game. That was something. Um, yeah, that was that was that was very uh, uncharacteristic of uh, Josh Allen there after the, the, the after that one pick there. Um, but yeah, I think I, what always interests me is, you know, you know, a, jo- a jo- guy like Josh Allen, he is, I think, undoubtedly one of the best players right now in the NFL. What always interests me in seeing premier players like that in any sport is how do they deal with that adversary, right? We're just talking about the Jaguars, and I'm not going to compare Lawrence to Josh Allen because they're not he's not there yet. But mm-hmm. if he does reach that potential, I think Trevor Lawrence could be on that level. You saw how he dealt with the adversary of throwing four picks in the first half. Mm-hmm. He came back to win that game. 
you know, I think Josh Allen, I don't think it's fair to judge him on that entire game and say he, he came back from the adversary in that. But it'll be interesting to see how he how he deals with his not great game against the Dolphins last week and plays this week against the Bengals, because I think that will be a, an early test in his young career on how he deals with that adversary. How does he come back from playing a game that while any quarterback would probably take that game that he had, it's not up to his standards. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to it. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about uh, the Giants, and the Vikings, the New York Giants pulling off the 31 24 victory. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones playing one of the best games I've seen him play. Uh, I was actually kind of taken aback at how well he was playing this game. And uh, I say this begrudgingly, Riser. I say this uh, begrudgingly because, of course, they are a divisional rival. And I believe none of the divisional rivals deserve any respect or any uh, uh, thumbs up. But uh, I got to admit it. I think, this co- I think this coaching staff for the New York Giants uh, deserves a lot of credit. I think they do. I think Brian Dayball is a very good head coach. And I know Pause this is first year. It. No, you know you don't have to clip it. No, 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 no. Well, no, no. <laughs> we'll keep it between you and I and the listener. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll keep it between you and I and the listener on this very show. You don't have to clip it. You don't have to share it. Look, I already am facing heat for my Philadelphia Eagles prediction that did come eventually uh, become correct uh, with them saying they were going to win the division this year. Uh, trust me, I hated myself for a few weeks for making that pick, but I'm here to give the listener the right analysis that they need, of course. And here, hold so, on. Let me just let me just open up my window and yell out that Zach McGibbon uh, is a big <laughs> New York Giants fan. Uh, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Uh, let's not go there. Uh, I, I don't I don't want that uh, nasty rumor being spread about me. I have a whole bunch of nasty rumors being spread about me. One being uh, similar to a certain professional wrestler um, that will not be named on this show. And I will not allow you to say the name uh, for for multitude of reasons. Uh, I'm trying to think. There are so many. I know it's not Hulk Hogan. He's your favorite. <laughs> yes, as uh, as been established by the executive producer Steve Bunda multiple times. Oh, I don't say the name. Just don't say the name. I, I won't say it. Okay, good, good. I won't say it. Good. It's not Hulk Hogan. Um, okay. But uh, <laughs> but speaking of uh, giants that performed in New York, the New York Giants. Uh, yeah, they looked uh, they looked really solid, and uh, you know this is another classic Vikings game. We talked about the Chargers earlier. This is another Vikings team that kind of teases you with their potential, and it's another one possession game for the Minnesota Vikings. That's just been the story for them all season. But this time they're on the losing end of a one possession game, and I have to pose this question to you, Mister Riser: Why did Kirk Cousins throw before the first down marker on fourth and eight on the last possession for the Vikings in that game? I saw a meme on Facebook. Uh, the, you know, do you know the show Impractical Jokers? I do. So do you know how that the premise of the how that show works? Yes. I don't need to. So, yeah. So you know, you had you had your three guys. I forget their names, but you had them in the uh, the backstage uh, backstage or in some cabinet. So okay, Kurt, uh, it's fourth. It's fourth and eight. We want you to throw for three yards. <laughs> and, this, and that was the first panel. Second panel is Kurt Cousins throwing to Hockenheim at three yards. And then the third panel was them just dying of laughter. <laughs> Yeah. The, it was it was just a big prank. Kirk Cousins <laughs> did that. He, he he was just doing that because his his buddies dared him to do it. He didn't actually mean to do that. Of course he went. Kirk Cousins is so much 
has such better such a better offensive IQ than to <laughs> to throw for three yards on a fourth and eight. There's no That's way, right? No, no way at all. Not possible. He's, pr- he's proven himself to be a prime time player. Yeah, he shares the same name as an iconic lead in a sci-fi series in in, in Captain Kirk. He should be yeah. able to lead this team. Yeah, come on, come on. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I yeah, will no. say, I will say in defense of Kirk. The pressure was starting to collapse in on him in the pocket, and I think he started to panic a little bit and made a decision to try and get the ball out there as opposed to taking a sack. I think that's what the thought process was. But uh, at that point, you just got to have to chuck it, don't you? And chuck it downfield. You got Justin De- Jefferson on your squad, Adam Thielen, and uh, obviously through the TJ Hawkinson, who's a good tight end, but you got Justin Jefferson down there. You got to sometimes you just got to say, F it. And throw it downfield, don't you think? I mean, my question in all of this is you you brought up the point I was going to make. Why are you having your tight end, your six foot five tight end, six foot whatever he is? I know he's a hell of a lot taller than I am at six feet. Why are you having him run a route that doesn't even go eight yards? Why would you not get him downfield and chuck it up to him? Like, I just doesn't make any sense. He's the guy you think that's going to catch a ball in the in the backfield or just be on the line of scrimmage and make a, a move to get the first down? No. He's the guy you want to be jumping over everybody to catch the ball when you are in that position that Cousins was where the pocket is collapsing and you just need to throw it as far as you're as far as you can. Yeah. He's the guy you want going up for it. So just all around that call just made absolutely no sense and the unfortunate part although i do believe it is deserved the unfortunate part is that there are multiple people involved in making that call the one that executed it and cousins is the guy that gets the fall but i think that you need to put a little bit of fault on the coaching staff as well because (laughs) you know they're just as fault at fault as cousins was for that just boneheaded decision yeah play design there was uh suspect at best yeah uh didn't really make a lot of sense um and the vikings are out again man it's kind of cursed to be a vikings fan isn't it just they just yeah. they tease you so much kind of like being a chargers fan but for the nfc they just tease you so much and they 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 get they get close and they have all this talent and you look at the teams of the past that they've had and I think of the 98 uh, Minnesota Vikings with uh, P- uh, Randy Moss and I believe Randall Cunningham throwing the ball. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then of course uh, the missed field goal by Gary Anderson and uh, just totally changes the tides and the Atlanta Falcons somehow get their way into a Super Bowl that year. And man, it's just a lot of bad luck for this uh, Vikings squad and another uh, year of bad luck for the Vikings. Uh, this Think year. about it. For for football fans that let's say there's a Vikings fan that are our dad's age or our parents' age in their late fifties, early sixties, or maybe even in their forties, they've been able to they've had the pleasure of watching two wide receivers that in Randy Moss is already considered one of the greatest of all time. Yep. Justin Jefferson, if he continues to play like he has, he could forget being one of, he could be the greatest of all time. Certainly if he continues playing the way he will, he'll be one of the greatest of all time. Yep. You have, if you're, if you're in your forties, maybe even in your late thirties, you've watched both of them in their primes and you've gotten exactly zero Super Bowl wins, zero Super Bowl appearances. And I, I, I think Correct me if I'm wrong, but you have the you can count the amount of playoff wins they've had with both of those receivers on one hand. 
<laughs> that's just not nice. That's just not fair, yeah. right? Like, that's just awful. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's one of those deals. It's like I always make fun of Packers fans because they had Brett Favre and then immediately had Aaron Rodgers, and they're only able to get two Super Bowls out of it. But then you kind of put it that way with uh, the Vikings, where they have these two uh, all-pro receivers, one one of the greatest receivers of all time, and as you mentioned, the other definitely on his way to being one of the greatest receivers of all time if his play continues, and nothing to show for it. It's just yeah. uh, it's just disappointing. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of disappointed, depressed gritties are being done in Minnesota. <laughs> yes. Sad, gritty noises. Yeah. Uh, sad, gr- sad, gritty noises, both from gritty, the, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, who maybe is a Viking fan, who knows? who knows? And from Justin Jefferson, who's probably <laughs> doing a very depressed, gritty in his multi-million dollar mansion's backyard. Yeah. Not, not a lot of hop on his uh, sad, gritty there. Um, yeah. But uh, I'd love to know what a depressed, gritty looks like. Yeah, just head, head down, big frown on your face. Kind of, not as much hop, just kind of, uh, yeah. you know. Instead of the uh, fingers up, it's the fingers down. You know what I mean? And a little bit more slouched, I would guess. And maybe not as much of a hop. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah, like, poor, eh. poor Justin Jefferson. <laughs> My God, yeah. Uh, just a disappointing franchise. Uh, quickly, I want to mention this because this kind of broke in the last hour. But the Vikings defensive coordinator Ed Donatell uh, was fired out of all of this. Um, so, uh, something to kind of keep an eye on there. A lot of coordinators I've noticed have been let either let go or parted ways or something. It's just, uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's just the kind of the turnaround that's going on in the NFL right now, but, uh, nonetheless, always the fall guy, always the coordinator that gets the, that's the fall guy, right? Yep. Usually is um, the easy one to pick. Absolutely. Especially if you're committed to a certain guy, you gotta have to find somebody to take account for the season and. Usually it's either a quarterback's coach or a position's coach or, in this case, an offensive or defensive coordinator. It's just a lot of turnover going on in the NFL right now. For um, once, I'd like to see them, instead of blaming the defensive or offensive coordinator or the head coach, blame the position coach. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Right. We we lost because our linebacker's coach wasn't good <laughs> enough. Get the hell out of here. Oh. Go find a new job. You, you didn't coach the linebackers good enough. <laughs> wait, 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 what the hell? <laughs> we played great. Yes. We talk, we had, we had, the linebackers had five combined sacks. What the hell? <laughs> it's your fault. Get out of here. We were so in sync because I was also thinking linebackers coach. So I'm glad you said it. I was yeah. I was about to say that too. Um, the captain of the defense. It's the easy one to pick. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Going to the final Sunday night uh, Sunday matchup in the in the Super Wild Card weekend. It was a classic AFC North matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens going in without Lamar Jackson, and but fortunately, don't worry, they got Pro Bowl alternate Tyler Huntley in there. Um, Hell yeah. And uh, but nonetheless, the Bengals were still able to come away with the victory 24 17. Uh, one of the most uh, impressive plays I saw was uh, Tyler Huntley trying to reach for the goal line a little far away, um, but uh, getting the ball knocked out of his hands and Sam Hubbard making an improbable fumble recovery and running it all the way back for a touchdown. And uh, the Bengals are able to move on, but uh, Bengals are crumbling a little bit. Their offensive line we've been talking about their offensive line feels like for years now at this point they make improvements over the off season and already dealing with injuries in this playoff run and uh could be a tough test for uh, joe burrow but i say that but last year you know burrow was able to get to the super bowl with uh probably one of the weakest offensive lines in nfl history i think it's fair to say and um, they set a record 
Yeah, they said sixteen sacks. Was it allowed? Something ridiculous. Sixteen or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, just gross. Yeah, don't want to get your quarterback beat up like that. And uh, take it from me. Take it from the guy that lost Andrew Luck because uh, for many reasons, but one of which being we had no line and he just got pummeled into the ground every game. You you, you probably don't want to let your star QB get smacked around every game. Absolutely. Well, speaking of star QBs, we got to talk about what's uh, next for Lamar Jackson, Uh, because obviously Ravens are out. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, before and you know what actually before we even talk about that uh this news kind of broke today as well uh i think a lot of ravens fans are celebrating the streets for this news um greg roman fired as the offensive coordinator uh, for the teams was there for six years as the offensive coordinator and uh finally kind of they decided to move on from him they decided to part ways uh which is a nice cordial way of saying we're firing you um and uh I, I bring this up because kind of bring it back to Lamar Jackson. I was having an interesting conversation with a buddy of mine and he was saying this could open up to where Lamar Jackson doesn't come back to the Baltimore Ravens because he doesn't have that familiar offensive coordinator in Greg Roman who understands him and how he plays. And uh, with a lot of talk about uh, Lamar Jackson, his contract with Baltimore, whether Baltimore would be willing to offer a long-term extension for him, where do we kind of stand with Lamar Jackson? And and do you see him staying with the Ravens or do you see him uh, testing free agency and going to another team? I mean, I think if you're Lamar Jackson, you have, you're in a pretty unique spot. You're 26, 27 years old. You're at in the prime of your career. You have an opportunity to really cash out right now, right? And I think as much as you you want you want to believe that these players are there to play because they love the game, I think a lot of them deserve and want to be paid handsomely for what it is they do. And I think Lamar Jackson deserves that. So if I'm him, hell yeah, I'm you know I'm cashing out. I'm I'm fully banking on the fact that there is a team and it looks like the early rumors are the dolphins could be making a play for him. Although that would be very interesting. I think if you're Lamar Jackson, you cash out, you get as much money as you can right now, because you just never know what happens in the NFL. If a team wants to pay you, you take it. Yeah. I think you can. I think, I think if you're Lamar, you maybe Baltimore is the right spot, but I think, I think you test it and see, and see where it goes. Yeah, and uh, I, I I still have this feeling that Lamar is going to stay with Baltimore. I just feel like that's the right spot for him either way. Um, I think Baltimore is going to cave in and, 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 you know, pay him a whole bunch of cash to ca- keep him around. Um, I, I think he's a guy that uh, I know he, he definitely brings a, a different edge to the game. Obviously, his mobility is something. Um the thing with uh, Baltimore that I, I really want to emphasize and really want to strongly get across the heads of management there is that you got to give Lamar Jackson some better receiving options. And it can't yeah. just be Mark Andrews. Like you got to give him at least like you trade away Hollywood Brown. Uh, do you, do you trade him to the Cardinals? And what you've got is you've got Devin Duvernay and uh, your punt returner, your kick returner as well as your wide receiver too. 
It's uh, you, you've got to look in, especially in this draft. Like I think they got a draft receiver here and no matter who the quarterback is for Baltimore, they've got to shore up their offense uh, on the wide receiver front, because I think they've got something going on the running back side. They've certainly got a running presence on that team and that makes them stand out, but you still have to be able to bring another edge to the game where you at least have somewhat of a decent wide receiver, one, a, a decent receiving core so that Lamar Jackson could develop more as a passer because I think he's a better passer than what people are giving him credit for. He just doesn't have the receiving receiving options again, other than Mark Andrews around him to kind of make a run. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, if he's not retiring, Julio Jones is a free agent this year. Is he not? That's right. That would be, I mean, I don't think that's, you know, it's not the perfect signing, but that would certainly be an interesting signing for uh, the, for Baltimore, if they end up bringing Lamar Jackson back, because Julio, even in his old age, I think is still certainly an explosive receiver, or a receiver that can uh, would fit well with Lamar Jackson, a guy that if Lamar decides, you know what, I'm going to just leave the pocket now and run around and spin all over the place. Julio is definitely a guy that could be explosive and sneaky enough to get himself open and get himself in a position for Jackson. So that could be an interesting signing. Although the, the rumor is that uh, Julio is, is out of here, not is retiring. So yeah. you don't know, but th- that could be an interesting signing If you can coax him to stick around. Yeah. If I, I, they tried that with Deshaun Jackson, eh? like he was with the Ravens uh, briefly on their, on their roster, 35, 36 year old Deshaun Jackson. You bring him in because he's really, really fast and he can catch the ball pretty well. Um, but he also brings that speed as well. Um, I think, I think, you know, that's an interesting uh, uh, decision there to kind of bring in Julio Jones. But uh, in my, in my mind, you got to try and find a, a receiver, a young receiver uh, to kind of take some options. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, Deandre Hopkins is maybe on the trading block. I, I, if I'm the Ravens, I'm trying to bring him in and see what I can do to bring him in. Cause I don't think the window is closed on them yet on in terms of a playoff run. Um, I, I don't think the window is closed. I just, I do think, however, they, there are definitely some areas in, in that offense that uh, they could certainly improve on uh, heading into the next season. Yeah, it's tough. You know, like when you have a quarterback that plays like Lamar Jackson runs around all the time and uh, as a result gets hit often and gets hit hard often, you need to capitalize on his skill quick because you don't know how long that is going to last. You hope he's durable enough, but you just don't know. And now we're already seeing some injury troubles, a pretty serious injury troubles. So I, yeah, I think, I think I agree with you that the window is open, but it's ever so slowly starting to close. Yeah, absolutely. And then we go to the main events of this evening and, uh, Look, I, 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 I should be happy. I should be. And you know what? I am happy, Mr. Robinson. Are you, though? Uh, no, I am. I am. Look, for so long, I've heard I, I had to deal with all week. Oh, Tom Brady is undefeated against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, look at, the, you know, Tom Brady's going to pull off his magic again. And it's the Cowboys in the playoffs. And they haven't done anything since 1995 when they last won a Super Bowl and blah, 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 blah. Right. Had to hear that for the last week. Well, you know what? 
The Dallas what? Cowboys were able to pull off the victory. They yeah, beat they Tom were. Brady. They beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. They sent yeah, his they ass did. back home packing. They sent his ass back home. We don't Tell have to him. deal with Tom Brady. And now the, Tell him. now the Dallas Cowboys have moved on to the next round. I don't want to talk about the San Fran game just yet. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, they're, they're quite a good opponent. But right now, right now I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Just don't talk to me about the kicker. Just, you know, we, we will. Zach, uh, I have to ask, what do you think about Brett Maher? I, 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 I put it out there. I say, don't talk to me about the kicker. And the first thing that comes out of your mouth, you talk about the kicker. That's unbelievable. I, why, well, why at 24, nothing was I still frustrated? Why? You tell me, you tell me, I, I can't answer that for you. You tell me, why were you frustrated oh, oh, at 24? Nothing. I could definitely answer that. Uh, Go ahead. I, uh, I, uh, you mentioned him earlier, Brett Maher getting the yips at the worst possible time. I don't think I've ever seen a field goal kicker regular season or postseason uh, miss four extra points in a game. Uh, never happened. Never that, that's happened. that you've never seen it because it has never happened before. No kicker has ever missed four extra points in a row. Yes. And uh, to say my reaction, did, uh, did, did you know, did you know that Zach? I, I, uh, I was aware of it. It's been made uh, a point to me a couple <laughs> of times, uh, whether it be on commentary or in my uh, football group chats or text messages or, or, or calls with friends. Uh, it's been brought up a couple of times and uh, I've not gotten mad at any, at any point uh, during that. Uh, oh, you know, okay. You have no video evidence of me getting mad, especially after the fourth one of me getting upset. And, uh, but didn't I, didn't I see on Instagram uh, the other, uh, the other day that you, you used a certain F word? No, 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 the, no. I think, I think that was you. Was I that, was that a deep, was that a deep fake? I think that's a deep fake. Yeah. I think oh, okay. Okay. Footage right there. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, uh, that could, that could, that could have been anybody. I mean, could have been uh, another person impersonating me and uh, for oh, sure okay. for sure people will definitely run with that rumor of, of somebody impersonating me because god knows i've i've been accused of that multiple times but orange swoggle no i told you that name was banned on this show this has been the third or fourth straight week by the way that that name has been brought up on this show and i don't understand orange swoggle yeah that one orange swoggle that's right it's voldemort on this show H O R N S W O G G L E Hornswoggle. That same one. Okay. Yeah. Little bastard. <laughs> yes, that same one. <laughs> Finley's son. Yes. Mister Vince McMahon's illegitimate yes. son. <laughs> yes. Horns- yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> former former cruiserweight champion. Yes. The last cruiserweight champion, in fact. Yes. Hornswoggle. That that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is Got that clear it. enough? Is that clear enough? Or. Crystal. Okay, good. Good. Uh, Hornswoggle. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, I actually don't thank you for that. Uh, Little horny. (laughs) I I don't know if that one will make the final edit, but... uh, Woggle. That one probably will. (laughs) Uh, Man. So Brett Maher got the yips, and uh, I was not mad at any point of this game. Not whatsoever. I had full faith in this team. I was never concerned that they would blow it uh, because uh, Dak Prescott had one of his better games of his career. He looked very good. I think that's something we could both agree on. Um, yeah. Meantime, though, Buccaneers offense just looked anemic out there. They were bad, really bad uh, to the point where uh, Byron Leftwich, there's a familiar name for both of us. 
uh, fired as the offensive coordinator, and a whole bunch of different position coaches were let go. We were talking about blaming on the linebackers coach. Well, they blamed it on the linebackers coach, the defensive backs coach, the running backs coach, the offensive line coach. Any sort of position coach that was on there, they blamed it on them, and they are out the door, whether they were fired or retired. You can pick. It's uh, They are all out the door, and Byron Leftwich, who at one point was a hot head coaching prospect, many people want to see him return to Jacksonville to be the head coach uh, for that squad. Now he's nope. uh, out the door uh, after uh, some pretty anemic offensive play uh, over the over this season, really, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady not looking great. Mike Evans not looking great either. Uh, Leonard Fournette uh, not playing at a playoff Lenny style that we were used to the last couple of years. Uh, just not a good look for the uh, Buccaneers offense this game. Yeah, it's crazy to think that around this time last year, Byron Leftwich was, as you said, considered a hot head coaching candidate. Here we are a year later. He is jobless. And I can't imagine any team will be knocking at his door anytime soon to to come coach them. Like it's that's just that's that's sports, but that's the NFL, right? Things can change so quickly. Um, you know, I I don't know if you want to get to get touch on this, but Tom Brady, I I, I think with all the people leaving, I can't imagine he comes back to the Bucks next year. It is either retirement or a new franchise for him. There's I I, I would be shocked if he does resign with the Bucks. Yeah, I don't see it. Brady why coming why back. would you? Yeah, the, the 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 pieces aren't there anymore for him to succeed in Tampa Bay. I think he's going to try and find a new franchise that uh, will. Uh, well, I think he's playing another year for the record. I don't think he's retiring. Um, I don't think so either. I uh, I I was I was uh, bullish or was the right phrase. I was I I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to say Brady to the Raiders a while back, but as the weeks kind of progress along and and. You just kind of look what's there. You got a very good wide receiver, one in Devontae Adams. You got a familiar coach in Josh McDaniels. Um, defense is not that bad for for uh, Las Vegas. So there are pieces there in, in for the Raiders, certainly, maybe one year. And that would certainly fit the mantra of the Raiders of getting an older guy, an older star uh, in that franchise. Um, older. Yeah, he's a senior citizen practically <laughs> yeah. at this point. Hey, I'm trying to be nice to the guy, okay? He's he's playing a, he's still playing at a somewhat decent level in the NFL at 45, 46 years old. So hey, good for him. He had to shed a lot of uh, of different outside stuff in order to do it, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he's able to pull it off. Um, not great, but pull it off, uh, especially this season. But uh, yeah, I mean, who, I mean, who wouldn't prefer to play in the NFL than retire with your supermodel wife and kids and live in a nice big giant mansion? I mean, I know I would. Yeah, I'd <laughs> much prefer to get smacked around every game as opposed to living in my giant mansion with my supermodel wife. That's right. Come on. Getting, getting paid Fox money as well, because he's uh, still got that Fox commentator contract waiting for him when he retires. Yeah. What's what's that, that contract wor- wor- allegedly worth? Like. 220 million 30 million or something something ridiculous like definitely in the hundreds like, of millions yeah I, mean, I was gonna say 200 million at first but then i thought there's that i don't think that's right i think i'm wrong but maybe that is it but yeah that, that like the, it's insane that he you know he has that contract on the table but it makes sense right because tom brady it's still 
one of the most marketable faces in the league. If you have him as the face of your broadcast team, whether it's Fox, CBS, NBC, Amazon, Apple, if they decide to jump into the football game, that's a pretty big get. Yep, absolutely. I've got the deal up here. Tom Brady gets a monster 10-year, $375 million deal from Fox Sports. Good Lord. Yeah. Gets no Manning cast for Tom Brady. No, certainly not. Uh, so he's got that waiting for him whenever he decides he's uh, done with football. But uh, that's uh, it's uh, adding up to a price tag of, uh, or sorry, this is a different price tag for each year. I'm going to try and find. I'm not very good at math, as you can tell. There's a reason why I, uh, why I uh, joined radio and I was told there would be no math. Um, lots of lots of dough is in Tom yeah. Brady's future, both cookie and a <laughs> green kind. Yes, more money than I will make in my lifetime for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Especially if we're continuing our radio careers at the at that point of uh, Tom Brady's life. But yeah, uh, nonetheless, uh, maybe we can marry Tom Brady and get some <laughs> of his money. That's right. I think that's the next step for us, really. Yeah, I mean, what we maybe he can go play. Maybe the NFL will expand and have an expansion team in Utah. Mm-hmm. And Utah, of course, they are love uh, people having multiple wives, and we could be, <laughs> uh, you know, a big happy three-way family. <laughs> That's right. What's that? Uh, what's that? Uh, I think it was the Kevin James movie or whatever. There, they did something similar to like that. Paul Blart Mall Cop? Not Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> no, I don't remember that part of the movie. Um, <laughs> that was the DVD extra. Oh, I did realize that. <laughs> I uh, I didn't get I didn't get to the DVD extra uh, for Paul Blart Mall Mall Cop. Mall Clop. Mall Clop. I should call it Mall Flop. Um, Whoa. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, that's the main. Dude, Kevin, Kevin James is catching strays. What the hell? <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the. I, I'm sorry to insult the good name of Kevin James, the King of Queens. And, uh, you better apologize to all one of his fans. <laughs> hey, uh, one of them being Mick Foley. They were in the same uh, school together. Uh, oh yeah, they were on the high school wrestling team, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that picture before of a young Cactus Jack. <laughs> yes. Um. That's right. I, I, I don't mean to insult the good name of uh, Kevin James, who starred in such films as uh, as Hotel Transylvania 2, Monster Great. House. Great. Um, Little Boy. Fantastic. Uh, 2006 Grilled. Astounding. Um, <laughs> also in 2006 Barnyard. Um, what? 2006 Barnyard. What? <laughs> 2006 barnyard <laughs> oh i i hear i heard you that time got gotcha, you uh, there you go i i i just realized you were trying to do a steve austin uh bit right there and i didn't uh, catch up to it also the star of here comes the boom so uh, oh, that's that that was actually a pretty good movie that is I enjoyed actually a decent movie. Movie. yeah yeah it's a fun movie um but the year before that zookeeper for uh kevin james stupendous yeah yeah but hey we got king of queens out of it so who am i to complain yeah, there you uh, go. I'm trying to figure out the movie. I guess it's not Kevin James, but uh, it was uh, it was a movie about uh, them. Uh, it was a movie about uh, two guys that uh, they they. Oh yeah, it is Chuck and Larry. That's what I was looking for. 
I know oh, I know Chuck, Chuck and Larry. Chuck and Larry. Okay. Yeah. I did not see that one, but it's has Kevin James in it, so it's an okay. Oscar-winning movie, I'm sure. Yes, it's uh, got a astounding 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. And a, Hell yeah. And a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. So what that means is 14 out of the percent of people that saw it did not like it and 80 80 86 did that's right it's a very weird rating scale but yeah, uh it makes no sense but i mean whatever who am i to judge yeah if that's how they want to operate that's how they want to operate um i mean i i'm definitely within the 86 percent that loved it <laughs> yes uh big fan big fan of that film big fan yeah um but uh like i was a big fan of the dallas cowboys winning this game I uh, I'm looking forward to but what it. about but what I have to ask what about were you a big fan of Brett Maher kicking? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't a, a fan at all. <laughs> okay. I wasn't a fan okay. at all. I'm not going to hide it. I was I was uh, I was uh, floored with the missed extra points. Like one is bad. You know what I mean? But it's like, ah, you know what? You know, it, it happens to the best of us. You missed one. Two was like, OK, Brett, like this is this is not great. Um, you might want to get it together here, buddy. The third one, I was uh, really, uh, I was like, uh, maybe we should just go for two points at this point. Um, then they threw uh, Maher back out there for a fourth time. And I'm like, please make this field goal. Because uh, I was still at a phase of, I don't trust the Cowboys. It's the third quarter. And of course, he uh, missed the field goal. And I may have uh, let my frustrations be known. Uh, in my apartment. Uh, and you know what? You know what ticked me off about all of this is that when he did make that kick, the fifth kick, he came out and made it. At that point, it was a blowout. We knew the Cowboys were going to win. Yeah. There was no shot the Bucks would come back. ESPN didn't even cut back for the kick. They showed the replay of the touchdown. And I remember I, I, at that point, I was watching the Manning cast just for fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do you not like it's a blowout that's the the thing everybody wanted to see was if maher would miss a fifth kick or if he would make it what well, why aren't you cutting to that man i was <laughs> a, a baffling decision by espn yeah quite baffling quite baffling um but uh, nonetheless the dallas cowboys Dak prescott he has a big win and uh hopefully that continues on uh and that kind of leads us into our divisional round picks uh, for this upcoming weekend, uh, my team's still alive, and uh, there's one thing I do want to bring up when we get to the game that uh, I think you'll get a kick out of, uh, that just okay. uh, notification on my phone. We'll get to that game. Um, it's a familiar game for me, is what I will say. Um, but uh, divisional round picks will start Saturday. It's uh, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chiefs coming off of a first-round bye. Uh, you're picking this one. Who who are you thinking? Uh, what do you kind of look at for your, uh, both squads? I'd love to see the Jaguars win, but I don't think they have much of a chance. I think it's Kansas City, although I, I think it will be close. I do think it will be a closer game a la the Buffalo game last week against the Dolphins, where it was a lot closer than it should have been. I think this game will be a lot closer than what people are thinking, but Kansas City will be the team that pulls it out. Uh, and I think, I think though, for the Jaguars, if there is a shot for them to win, it's going to be their run defense because the, the super stat for this game, if you would like to play the super stat or meaningless number game that made, was made famous by Tim McAuliffe and Sid Sixero on their radio show, <laughs> Kansas City is one in two when running for less than 75 yards this year. Jags are five and one when a team runs for less than 75 against them. 
Ooh, I like super, that. Super Saturn meaningless number. I love Shit. it. That's good. I like yeah, so, bringing the numbers to this. I like it. Yeah, so that's the big key for the Jags. If they can stop Patrick Mahomes and keep him within contained in that pocket, can't don't let the run game get going, I think that is their path to victory, but it's easier said than done, right? You're not you're not you're not playing uh, you're not playing some crappy QB. You're playing the best QB in the league, the best team in the league explosive offense it's easier said than done saying you need to stop them i don't think they will be able to i think it's kansas city i like it and uh, I'm, I'm also gonna pick kansas city it's the safe pick but it's the best pick as well um i i i like that stat you brought in in terms of the jaguars just if they're able to keep mahomes contained and keep that running game uh uh to a minimum um I, I like this jag squad i think this will be a closer game than what people will expect i think the jags will take it to the chiefs um, they've got a really good coach at Doug Peterson. And I think, uh, as long as Trevor Lawrence doesn't get off to a hot, uh, uh, I should say a cold start like he did against the chargers last game where he threw four interceptions in the first half. Um, if he's able to keep his mistakes uh, to a minimum and he's able to make the smart reads and make the smart plays and continue to use, uh, the wide receivers around him and they get Travis Etienne going. I think they've got a shot of at least making it close and giving it to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and uh, making it a little bit fun. Um, but having said that, you just kind of look at what's going on with the Chiefs. Uh, you mentioned it with Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the receivers are not the best receiving core they've had in years past, but still solid enough to get the job done. And, uh, you know, as they've got different running back options now in Pacheco and, uh, and whatever, so... Uh, and the defense is solid enough to kind of keep things uh, contained for them. So uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs as well uh, to win their game over the Jaguars. But the Jaguars will keep it competitive. Um, next game here is a game that uh, I loathe as a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's a fight between two division rivals uh, for a chance to play in the NFC Championship game. It is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. Um where do you kind of stand with this? Uh, similar to the Chiefs, uh, the Eagles coming off of a first round bye. Um, they're going to get Jalen Hurts back for this game, it looks like. The Giants, uh, they've got a little bit of momentum going, beating the Vikings. Um, looking at these two uh, these two squads, uh, what's your pick here? It's interesting, right? Because Hurts, you, you know, he was pretty limited in week 18 against the Giants, the, the season finale. Now he has that week off couple weeks off I should say to rest and you would hope that he's back and he is Jalen Hurts the MVP caliber player we know he is so I think with that being said my pick is without a doubt the Eagles but I think of all the teams that are the clear underdogs the Jags Cowboys and Giants I think the Giants have the best chance at pulling something off but that's an easier Task that's easier said than done. Uh, you know, one stat, I, I'll give you another interesting stat, although this is what I know you know. And researching this, I didn't realize this about the Eagles. They were two sacks away from setting a record for most team sacks in, in a season. Yes. The 85 Bears had 72. The Eagles this year had 70. I didn't realize that. I knew that they had a lot of sacks. I didn't realize they had that many. 
So, you know, I t- you talk about the Giants having a chance to pull off an upset. The way they play, the way Daniel Jones likes to play, good luck trying to get around or get anywhere through that line, through that linebacking core, get anywhere when you have a team uh, of killers like that. That's that's uh, easier said than done, and good luck to them to try to do it. And I don't think they will have... I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's Eagles, and I, I don't think it will be particularly close. Yeah, and I agree with you there. Um, I think the Eagles are going to maul the Giants. Uh, I, the, the way the Giants have been winning has not been through their talent. We will definitely say that. It's been through their coaches realizing what are the best uh, skills for their players and trying utilizing them to their max, and that's what a good coach does is have, using the players that they've got and maximizing their ability and capability. But this is not a team with a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side. I re- Receiving wise, it's really rough for the Giants. It's going to be reliant a lot on Saquon Barkley. Defense, you know, they've got some really good defensive players for the Giants um, that I think could do a little bit of damage here. And they've got a really good defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, who's got playoff experience as well. So Giants could bring it to the Eagles here, but... I think the Eagles are going to come in motivated. I think Jalen Hurts is going to he he's going to want to make up for a really poor showing in the playoffs last year, and I think this will be a big prove it game for him against the the Giants here. And so I'm also going to pick the Eagles. I think it's going to be pretty dominant uh, against the Giants as well. I again I think the Giants the way that they've been able to get in was through uh, some very good coaching on uh, Dable's staff and not necessarily for their the talent that they have, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Now we go to Sunday and the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a game I'm really looking forward to. Uh, me too. This is this is this to me is the best game of the of the the weekend. Um, Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. I think it's a battle between two quarterbacks that are looking to take that next step. Uh, we know Burrow can get to the Super Bowl. Um, Allen, this is a chance for him to show that he could get take that next step. Uh, in years past, he's had to face off against Patrick Mahomes, um, and now he's facing off against another elite quarterback in Joe Burrow. This should be a really fun game. I'm interested to hear your selection for this one. Well, this is an easy one for me because the winning team in this game is the team I think will win the Super Bowl, Buffalo. There you go. I think Buffalo wins this, and I agree. On paper, this is this is the game of the week, right? You know, on paper, this is what you you expect that this will be an absolute uh, gunslinging, awesome show. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet. Uh, but I hope and I would think they build the Bills plan on bringing out DeMar Hamlin pregame. I hope they do, because I would just want to see the crowd reaction to that. Right. Because the, the uh, last week there was a rumor that he may be coming out pregame because there's pictures coming out last week that he was at the team facility and he'd been there every day uh, since getting released from the hospital. So people thought, oh, my God, oh, my goodness, this is going to be awesome. He's going to come out with them. He didn't. I think this week they do, but you know, I, you you go back to that week eighteen or week week eighteen game against the Bengals. They're going to have to overcome that same level of emotion, but it's going to be a whole different thing, right? Because you go back to week eighteen, they were emotional because they just saw their brother down hurt. They don't know what's happening. They he could he, they don't know what's going to happen to him. Now they have to overcome the emotion of. Your brother is back on the field. He is ready to go. He is there with hugs and handshakes. You have to overcome the emotion of seeing him again. And I would imagine uh, being so pumped up and fueled by the crowd's energy, that's going to have them uh, on cloud nine, so to speak. So you have to 
come down from that to perform well in this game. And I think they do well enough doing that to, to win this. I, I think that this is, it's going to be a close one and it will turn out to be the game of the week. And I, but I think it's the bills that will win it. Yeah, this is going to be close. There's a part of me that thinks that whoever wins this game could potentially win the Super Bowl. That's how good I think these two teams are. I'm also going to pick the bills. I think they got more on their side. I think they've got a lot to prove. And to me, Josh Allen is a guy that, yes, he's looked a little bit off in the last couple of games, especially in the wild card game against the Dolphins. But you mentioned, obviously, the DeMar Hamlin stuff uh, in terms of uh, a motivating factor. Um, I think this is a team built to win now. And uh, I, I think, especially in the case of the Bengals, their offensive line troubles, they really have to try and overwhelm Joe Burrow and not get him going because there are a lot of weapons on the Bengals' side that could really get things going. Uh, for for that team if they could overwhelm burrow and not get him comfortable in the pocket and not get get him uh uh just comfortable in general uh i think the bills and they certainly have the defense to do it i think the bills will be the victors in this and if josh allen is able to keep his mistakes to a minimum as a guy who's seen dallas cowboys quarterbacks uh not perform well in playoff games uh tony romo tony romo and (laughs) <laughs> who I, who I, I always I always defend Romo. I always defend Romo, but he certainly didn't have his best showings other than the Des Cotta game, which was the best game, one of the best games I ever saw him play. Um, Speaking of which, I know we're getting off topic, but I want to throw it back to Christmas. Sure. Because my mom got me a really cool gift for Christmas. And actually, this is for any football fan listening. Look this up because it's a really cool gift. Okay. The Washington Post, the Washington Post, or the whichever is the not alt-right newspaper because there's a washington <laughs> post and washington times yeah. one of them is good and one of them is alt-right i forget which one it is but it whichever is one washington is post i could tell you that so is it, is it washington times then that's the good one no sorry washington post is is the one that's uh not uh, alt-right if you uh <laughs> oh, okay yeah. so anyway washington post teamed up with the nfl they went back in history for each team Every newspaper article that they ever had that it was written and referenced that certain team is in a book. So, for example, for the Colts, they have every from the from when uh, the Baltimore Colts became the Indianapolis Colts. They have every Washington Post sports page that referenced the Colts in one book and you can flip through and you can read through the history of your team. Wow. And it is it is the coolest gift I've ever gotten because it has everything in there. And they've I believe they did it for all the te- all the teams. Every team they ha- has one. And as I was flipping through, and this is no word of a lie, Zach, even though you won't believe me, I got the book, opened it up. First page I opened it up to was the was a, the front page photo of Des Bryant with the ball in his hand, oh. getting tackled with the against the Packers, reaching for the goal line and coming up just short. That was the first page I opened up to and I immediately thought of you and chuckled. Because I just know I just know you would have you how angry you would have been about that. And it just made me laugh. I would have chucked that book out of the window. I uh... Well hey for, hey if you ever buy the Washington Post book on the Dallas Cowboys, you know what to look for. Yeah, that's that. That is certain, certainly true. Um, I can look for the Des caught it uh, play, uh, which he caught the ball, um, and I will stand by that play forever. Um, but uh, the refs well, blew it. If the referees disagree, but okay. I know. Well, the referees were wrong, and okay. uh, you know they could. You can you can give me your little facts or whatever. But uh, look, Des caught that ball. We all know it. You know it. I know it. 
the fans know it. We all know it. Dad's caught it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you sure? Yeah. He caught it. He, he totally yeah. caught it. I will not hear and anything it, else. Okay. Well, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> Dad's caught it, and I'm still pissed about that. <laughs> still so pissed about it. Um, we'll never. Brett let Maher. Go. Brett Maher. Come on, man. <laughs> like, what else do you want to bring up? You want to bring up Tony Romo bobbling the field goal snap as well? Do you want to bring that one up? Or, or last year when when they when they uh, decided to run a quarterback draw play uh, against oh, I the Niners. For, I, I almost forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, I, I people remind me about that all the time, especially all the 49ers fans I know. And uh, so you, there's a whole lot of material there. So like, just throw them at me. I've heard it all, and I'm and I'm cool. Like I'm totally cool. I'm not. I'm not mad at it at all. I'm. Totally I believe cool. that the headline of this. Uh, of this, the title of this podcast will be Zach is totally not mad. Definitely not <laughs> mad. Totally not angry. Zach is absolutely not mad. He is cool. Don't put in the paper that I got mad. Uh, yeah, no, no. He just like Joey Bosa. He's not mad that his team blew it. He, Zach isn't mad. He, he's he's okay. He's calm. He's calm. Right. I'm calm, cool, and collected like I was during the Cowboys game this past yes. weekend. Totally calm, cool, yep. and collected. I yep. am the embodiment of that uh, drill tweet. I'm not mad. Don't put in the paper. I got mad. Yeah. Um, nope. Nope. Cool. Calm collected me. Um, yes. And so all that to say, uh, the bills are going to win, uh, which means we bring it up the 49ers game. I brought it up. I, I kind of shot myself on, on this one, but uh, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys finish up the divisional round weekend, San Francisco, uh, coming off that big win over Seattle, Dallas coming off the win over Tampa Bay. And this is the game where I wanted to bring up something that I think you'll get a kick out of because I got this notification on my phone. And I, have and to I think I know, I think I know what you're about to say, because I also want to bring it up, but you go first sports betting icon mattress. Mac has bet $2 million on the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. Oh, that was not what I wanted to bring up, which no. is great because I could bring up what I wanted to bring up up. There you go. Well, that's I, a me. Good old mattress Mac. Eh? Yeah. Before before you bring up what you want to bring up, uh, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence for me that mattress Mac betted on the Dallas Cowboys considering uh, his uh, hit rate, you know, when it came, comes to these big bets. So, yeah, well, um, good luck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what? What I wanted to bring up was our our mutual friend Tony Dungy. Yes, he he was asleep for most of the Jaguars Chargers game, but he woke up mm-hmm. and he tweeted that the Cowboys have little chance against the 49ers. And his reasoning, and I totally agree with his reasoning, is because they won a Monday night road game. Now they have a Sunday night road game. That's a tough one. It is a toughie. It is a toughie. That's a toughie. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't agree that they have they have little chance to win, but I don't think the Cowboys have much of a shot to win. I I have the 49ers in this. They are my Super Bowl loser pick against the Bills. But I, I think that it will be closer than, uh, you know, with Tony when Dungy says they have little chance that that makes me think it will be a blowout. It won't be a blowout, but I, I don't think the Cowboys will be able to do much, although. I am interested to see how Brock Purdy in his what will be his eighth game, ninth game. Yep. Eighth, eight or ninth game as a quarterback does against potentially 
one of, if not the best defensive players he's seen in his very limited career in Micah Parsons. That will be very interesting to me to, me, to see how our, our friend Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy does against uh, Mr. De- Mr. Defensive MVP Micah Parsons. I am very interested to see that. Um, you, you know I'm going to pick the Cowboys here. I, I can't go against my team. You kidding me? It's like you would pick, you would pick the Colts in if if they were in an unfavorable matchup. I would think. Well, you didn't pick them to win the division, did you? Uh, I didn't pick the Cowboys to win the division. <laughs> that is a good call out. Um, that's uh, you did catch me on that. You caught me with my pants down on that one. Um, oh God, pull them back up. <laughs> sorry. Hey, I thought the camera was off. <laughs> but uh, no, I I you you, know you got me there. Um, Nonetheless, uh, go Cowboys. Uh, this is a redemption game. You know, I, I hear about your odds. I hear about the cards being stacked against the Dallas Cowboys. I've heard the pundits. I've heard what Stephen A. Smith has been saying. And all these big time pundits talk about their road games. And, oh, it's tough to win on the road. And, oh, this Niners team is is a tough team. And blah, 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 blah. This Dallas Cowboys team is coming in motivated. This Dallas Cowboys team is coming in with uh, a reason to win. They want to overcome that San Francisco 49ers loss last year. And this is the perfect time to do it. Dak Prescott, he's in a different mode. Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game, my friend. Just you watch. And I will not embarrass myself on the show next week. Not at all. You know, Zach, I don't know if you are aware of this, but we're we're supposed to be talking about the actual game, not the Cowboys 49ers simulation you ran on Madden 23. <laughs> how did you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you going to tell everyone how you have to run it 50 times before the Cowboys won? We don't have to get into the nitty gritty details <laughs> on how we got there. Sometimes it is about the result. I don't need to know about the journey to get there. <laughs> you know, I know, I know people talk about the journey to get there, but Hey, sometimes the result is just as good. Um, no, I, uh, I th- 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 go Cowboys, Mr. Reisler, go Cowboys. Let's go Cowboys. God, I hope we win this game. Listen, I've said it last week. I'm going to say it again this week. All I really want obviously is a Super Bowl, but, uh, I, 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 I'm a guy that's like, you know, I've, I've only settled on divisional wins or sorry, divisional losses. I should say, all I really want is to see what an NFC championship game looks like in my lifetime. That's all I want. I don't ask for much. I, I, I want to see what it's like to be another step closer to the Super Bowl. And if so hit, are you are you saying you're now a Buffalo Bills fan? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not so saying you're a, so you're saying you're a 49ers fan. No, then. I'm not a 49ers fan. God, no. Well, you want to see what a conference championship game is like I so do. how how are you going to be a cowboys fan and say that that's not going to happen because the cowboys are going to beat the 49ers we're going to go to the okay. NFC championship game and we're going to face okay. the philadelphia eagles it was meant to be go cowboys let's go cowboys let's freaking go we're all in on this I'm fired up. I'm fired up, Reisler. Let's go. Everybody doubting us and you know what? They have a, a whole bunch of reasons to doubt us. Hey they, I, I don't disagree on the reasons to doubt us, but look, Dallas Cowboys, they're coming in motivated. They're coming in ready to prove Mike McCarthy is ready to show people that he's not a bad coach. They had he McCarthy and Kellen Moore and, 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 and Dan Quinn all had excellent coaching performances last week. 
God, I hope that continues next week or this upcoming weekend, I should say. So go Cowboys. Let's go Cowboys. We're picking the Cowboys to move on. I'm sticking with my team. We. we yes, I, I am you. one of those guys that says we. No, you are picking them. I'm picking the 49ers. You oh. are the f- picking the Cowboys. You're damn right I am. Uh, <laughs> I am picking the Cowboys. <laughs> I, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to uh, uh, see what happens on Sunday uh, is what I'm trying to tell myself. But uh, Well, I, I can't wait, Zach. Just imagine this. It's the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Time is ticking down. Dak Prescott has the ball. He does call a quarterback sneak mm. on fourth down, but this time he gets it. He gets it and he gets out of bounds with two seconds left. Uh-huh. The score is tied at 27-27. I know where you're out, going with this. Stop. Out, Please stop. Out, out trots Brett Maher. No. Don't. He puts on he puts on his helmet, buckles up his chin strap, oh. ties his shoelace. Yeah. Here comes the snap. Yeah. And there comes the kick. Yeah. And just like in The Wrestler, with starring Mickey Rourke, Zach's TV cuts to black. The TV, the power goes out and he does it. And you, and you just don't know what happens. Oh, the, yeah. the ending is left up to your imagination. I'm literally left in the dark. That's what. Uh, literally left in the dark. Oh. But actually, in reality, Brad Maher misses the kick. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. You know what? You are, you are really, you, you know how you could have really taunted me? Is, How could I talk? Uh, you, you more than more than you already are. Is uh, you could have said, "Hey, he makes the field goal," but it was revealed that the 49ers called a timeout to ice the kicker, and Ooh. then and then Maher has to kick again and has to seal the deal again. And lo and behold, he kicks it and he misses it after being iced. The one time icing the kicker works. Wouldn't that just be something? Wouldn't that just be a, a Hollywood ending? Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Certainly be an ending, maybe, all right. Maybe it would be a Netflix ending. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not necessarily Hollywood ending. Yes. Oh, man. I'll say this, though. Uh, I've thought about doing, uh, you know, the Twitter spaces gimmick on Twitter? Yeah. Yes. I've thought about doing a Twitter spaces at some point during the playoffs for whether it be for good or bad some point doing a Twitter spaces so I can yell into the void in real time. Wouldn't that be something you should yeah. do it after this week, after the 49ers win. How dare you? How dare you <laughs> go Cowboys is what I have to say to that. Go Cowboys. Let's freaking go. Uh, anything oh. else you wanted to bring up uh, Mr. Reisler? Or? Well, I said my Super Bowl pick bills over 49ers. What's yours? Cowboys over uh, Bills. How about that? Really? Cow- you think the Cowboys will? You- you're that confident in your boys. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Of course that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bills over the Eagles is uh, my Super Bowl prediction. Who said that? Who's Did somebody get into the, the, the call here? Is, oh, uh, my, Zach, did you have a brother you didn't tell me I, about? Well, I do have two brothers, but I don't believe they're in the 
I don't believe they're in Belleville currently. Maybe they he snuck onto the call. I don't know. It's just uh, it's so the weird. hacker. Yeah, it's just the hacker. That's right. The old Sammy Callahan gimmick in NXT. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that. I didn't know if that was too niche. Oh no, for, for Gibby's football podcast. Oh listeners. no, more more niche the better. We need more niche references. That's what makes uh, this podcast unique. Is uh, niche references. Uh, like okay. like uh, like uh, the philosopher Nietzsche, um, that we could do something like that. Well, did there you, like you go. Did you like that? Did you like that, or was that too? You niche? see, that that was too niche for me. That I just see. went over my head. Oh man! So you you, you are successful. Oh man, this is this is just when you think we couldn't get any lower, we get lower. Um, that's, that's <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> this show is pretty low on the totem pole. We're jobber. <laughs> if this was an EWR game, we would be we would be jobbers to the stars. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. We would be jobbers to the stars. Yeah, we'd be just looking up at the fancy lights up above us. Uh, just uh, you know, it's not it's not it's not often I get to drop an EWR reference. No, God, I I what love I, playing EWR. What a game. Yeah. It was so simple. I uh I still I do play t- uh TEW as well. I still have the the 2020 uh version which is not as good as the 2016 version in terms of uh Whoa. UI layout. Hot take. Ooh. That's a hot take. Oh, oh, uh, you're it? saying are you saying uh my my take is a hot take. I thought you were going to yeah. give a hot take. Uh, uh hot, take, hot, rest, take. hot take wrestling is bad. <laughs> Hot, hotter take football is for nerds that's right just just running out all the hot takes on this show that's what we are we're known as a hot take show um hot takes all about the takes um no i i mean i played tw uh for quite a bit i would always my goal was always to rebuild wcw after 2001 that was always my uh my tew builds i was always bringing in guys like ken shamrock and rob van dam to help fill up my roster kick hogan to the curb you know, and just uh, try. It doesn't work for that. Doesn't work for me, brother. Nope, not at all. Stroking the mustache and uh, saying that doesn't work for me, dude. But uh, sorry, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. Let's uh, let's talk turkey, brother. Let's talk t- turkey with the Hulkster, dude. You um, just can't cut the mustard, brother. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so many great Hoganisms. I still think of that great tweet that he put out. Good night, Jabroni Marks. And those who don't know when a works a work and a shoots a shoot. So great. Those cruiser weights can cruiser weight, brother. <laughs> Not a real quote, but still a good one. Uh, you know what? If you told me it was a real one, I would have believed you uh, with Hogan. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Hogan, not a big fan of cruiser weights and definitely doesn't like Hornswoggle. No, definitely not. Loved going over. That's for sure. Not yeah. Afraid to well, I mean. Over pretty easy to go over hornswoggle just lift up your foot <laughs> that's right uh do the pin like uh jarrett did at uh bash of the b2000 just the one foot on top or whatever, there it is have hogan cut a shoot promo about the state of the company afterwards what could possibly go wrong um, yeah just like brock purdy will do he'll put one foot <laughs> over dak prescott's chest after this sunday's game and flex and he'll be gone yeah that's right he'll do more of a jericho will he'll flex be like come on baby and then uh, yeah that's how he uh, is gonna make his statement um, yeah yeah well a lion a, a lion salt off of the uprights yeah, that's that. That's exactly what's going to happen. Hey, it'll be just like that AEW match, uh, Stadium Stampede. Uh, I believe that's uh, what happened there. 
uh, moon salt over on the on the. Uh, if it, if it wasn't the uh, if it wasn't the uh, the goal line stand there or whatever, I think it was at least off the uh, stands. So. But uh, nonetheless, so we got, we went through everything on this show, not only just the NFL. We talked about uh, 99 Rito Street McDonald's. We talked nice. about uh, Kevin James and his uh, a- a movie uh, uh, filmography, I Pro- guess I should say. His movie prowess. Yeah, just uh, uh, an incredible skill of uh, being in such amazing films. Um, we talked about TEW and EWR. And uh, yeah, I think we. Oh, wait. Uh, we almost forgot one thing. It's oh. become a tradition when I'm on. Yeah. Maroon Five sucks. Yeah, that's right. Of course, we have to. We have to bring up how Maroon Five stinks. I we mean, are three stink. for three. Yeah, I mean they stink. They like they yeah. stink. They're booty cheeks. They are bad. What a bad yeah. band. To, just... to, you know what? I'll, we'll wrap it all up, Gibby. Uh, I will. I will wrap it all with a nice little bow. Maroon 5 stinks like the fecal matter on the floor of the Rito Street McDonald's. <laughs> That's a great there way you to go. wrap things up. I love it. See you next week. <laughs> See you next week. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Mr. Reisler. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, the weeks uh, continue on with the NFL. I've got some interesting ideas in mind. Uh, I want to see if we can try and do a fun idea for the Pro Bowl. Try and have our own little skills competition uh, when it comes oh, to uh, just calls. <laughs> yeah, because trust me, oh, could you imagine? Uh, you you thought you thought Brett Maher kicking last week was bad. <laughs> Wait until you see me do it. <laughs> yes, we're going to get a precision <laughs> passing drill going. We're going to see how that goes. Um, okay. okay that'll be great the, the, um, the more the more off target you are the more points you get i'm having you all run the 40 yard dash and we'll see how oh. fast you guys run what are you doing <laughs> you no know, you know what i'll save that for the combine how about that so you can prepare the, and uh you know we'll, we'll put you, you on get, the bench press as well if you get the gibby's football podcast crew to run the 40 yard dash it will be the first time in history that there need to be a break at 20 yards <laughs> yeah. you know how, you Catch know how in breath. the new, you know how in the new york or boston marathon that certain points they'll have people on the side with a table and they'll be handing out water to yes. the runners <laughs> yes. you will be handing at the 20 yard the 20 yard line handing out waters to us as we uh, slowly jog by <laughs> yeah dragging yourself across the 40 <laughs> yard line oh i love it yeah yeah don't worry i'm not gonna have you actually do physical drills uh, for the pro bowl don't worry I'm trying to debate on what to do for the Pro Bowl because uh, I know people won't be watching for the flag football game or the different skills competitions going on. So we got to do something to fill in that slot. And why not get some uh, previous guest co-hosts in the past and bring them all together and see what we could do uh, for the Pro Bowl? I think that'd be fun. I think so too. I mean, we can, we can give out the uh, the the Jim Rome the Jim Rome Award for hottest take. Ooh, I like who, that. Who can, who can make the hottest of hottest takes? Yeah, and you get the Jim Rome the honorary Jim Rome Award. I love it. Uh, we can yeah. present it to Jim Everett and see how that goes. Um, uh, Chris, I bet you won't. I bet you. I bet you won't call me Chris again. Oh, I, I bet I, I will. I think I will, Chris. <laughs> Just a <laughs> table flying, audio cuts off. Incredible, incredible television. The whole, and, the, and the whole time Jim Rome is smirking. Yes. Amazing. Amazing, amazing audio. Uh, and what amazing video. Yeah, it's just uh, incredible stuff. But uh, hey, speaking of incredible stuff, that does it for this incredible edition of uh, Gibby's Football Podcast. We'll be back next week. I'm not sure who's going to be coming on next week. I've been just catching up on stuff all week. So who knows? 
We're going to figure it out. Everything seems to be happening. Uh, so especially on the wrestling side of things, a lot happening on the wrestling side. So uh, tune into This Is Wrestling on the TSN 1200 Ottawa podcast uh, section and your favorite podcast player. Also a reminder, This Is Wrestling nominated for a Faces Magazine Award for Best Sports Podcast. So vote once a day, every day. And uh, let's see if we can win best sports podcast. I think that'll be vote every day. Vote every day, exactly. I every know, day. I know you vote every day, Mister Riser. You're you're standing waiting by, and you want to go click on the vote button. You're voting. I actually every day. do. Oh, you actually you joke, do. but I I actually am. Yeah, of course I do. Oh, no the only way. time I ever the only time I ever vote in the faces stuff is when I know someone, right? I think that's what right. most people do. Yep, I think that is, that is fair. Yeah, that that's is, fair. There's so, I mean, there's so many categories. It's like, how are you supposed to sit there and go through all of them? It's pretty much just, uh, I know someone in this category and I like them, so vote. Go. And I vote every day for the, the, the best sports podcast. And you should, too. Absolutely. Anyone listening you should. in, you should do it as well. You should go onto multiple IP addresses and vote on this, <laughs> so you can do, so you can vote multiple times in one day. That's right. Run up the score, like the Dallas yeah. Cowboys ran up the score on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Am I right? But like they won't do against the 49ers. Oh come on, come on! <laughs> vote for this is wrestling in the best sports podcast category for Faces Magazine. We're the lone wrestling podcast in there, and so uh, it'd be really cool if a wrestling podcast won it. Um, but, uh, yeah, give us a vote there. Keep on listening to this is wrestling and keep on listening to this football podcast every week with a different guest co-host, uh, each week as well. Sometimes I may go on solo as well if I'm feeling like it. Um, but, uh, you know, the Super Bowl is coming up divisional round coming up. I'm very excited. And, uh, a lot of people also excited as well for NFL draft coverage. And I watched, uh, also the first episode of, uh, Behind the R for the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, little show there that they have on YouTube. That's very good. Um, so uh, just keeping up to date with everything football and uh, XFL coming up. So get excited as well. And I need you on. Yeah, for, buddy. I need you on for XFL coverage. Definitely. I can't wait for yes. the XFL for the half season of it before it folds again. Oh, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? It's going to last a full season this time. Trust me. Yeah, just like last time. Yeah. Just well, just like the first, just like the first time. Well, look, the last time it happened it was the pandemic. It, it happens to to the best of us when it comes to the pandemic. So, I yeah. always forget. I always forget too that Oliver Luck, the son of Andrew Luck, yeah, was the, the what was he the uh, commissioner. Uh, commissioner? Yeah, yeah, commissioner. Yep. Yeah. And then had to sue Vince in order to get his money back. Yep. Yep. Among other things involving Vince and lawsuits, but. Uh, that's a whole different can of worms. But uh, nonetheless, that's it for Gibby's Football Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, I'll be in a very happy mood next week when it comes to uh, uh, post-Dallas Cowboys, uh, San Francisco 49ers. We'll see. It should be an interesting episode nonetheless. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you all next week.